Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate Manson. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 103 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. As a matter of fact, not only is this episode a podcast, but we are live on Facebook and YouTube in the Facebook group, the Facebook page, and the YouTube page for the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate, Aaron, and Kyle here with you. And this week's show is going to be a watch-along of WWF SummerSlam 1993. For those of you listening on the podcast, if you want to go to the network or YouTube or wherever you're going to watch it and sync it up with us, we'll uh, give you time to do that. Obviously, it's a podcast. You can pause it, and then when we go to start it, we'll let you know. Kyle, Aaron, how's it going out there? Going. It's going. Strap in, folks. You got us for the next two hours and 46 minutes. Yes, you do, which is an average episode for this show, really. No, it is. (laughs) But we're going back to, uh, oh crap, I didn't bring up my information on this one. 1993. Usually try to, yes, August something or other, 1993. August 30, in the, uh, 1993. The, the Palace of Auburn Hills, which by the way, they did you see they destroyed the palace? No, did they? The palace was brought down. Uh, see, it's like that, like the Cow Palace and stuff like that. Like I miss those old venues that you used to tune into because... Like, each one was different. Mm-hmm. And they had a look about them. Like, you could tell the difference between them. You know, now everything's so sanitized and everything is... Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. It's not just wrestling that it's sanitized in either. It's like the whole world is sanitized. You know, like everything's so much, I don't know, so much brighter and whatever the, than it used to tag, be. The tagline for SummerSlam 1993 was, Someone's Gotta Stop Him. It's Yokozuna... And then it says, fat chance. <laughs> Andrew Janowski is watching. He says, greetings from Hackensack, New Jersey. Greetings to you, Andrew. Welcome. Buddy. Welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast live on Facebook. SummerSlam 1993. We're going to start the watch along here in just a second. Get it? As soon as I... <laughs> no one can stop him. I don't understand why. I always just see it say Facebook user, and that's annoying to me. I don't well, know it why. Says it, 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 it says it on StreamYard. If I, but I also watch the video on Facebook, so I can see. 
uh, unless they grant, unless you grant permission for us to see your information, because we're using StreamYard, it will not show us your name. If you do not grant that permission, it'll just say Facebook user. All right, yes, Auburn we'll Hills, Michigan, August 30th, 1993, 23,954 in attendance. So I guess I'll just... They have that kind of attendance right now. Oh. All right, here we go. Listeners, going to count down. Five, those listening to the podcast. Four, three, two, one, and we are starting. And there it is, the short bus, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yes, long. You're right, it is. The red, white, and blue Lex Express. Look at him. Look at Lex Luger <laughs> in his ridiculous red, white, and blue flag shirt. Juan Rosario, what's up, brother? We're just watching some SummerSlam 1993 here in the Weekend Wrestle podcast. Such an exciting time. If you guys remember the build-up for this, it was it was Lex riding on the bus. Lex <laughs> yes. thinking <laughs> on the bus. Lex sleeping on the bus. <laughs> Lex, Lex, Lex walking eating, out, eating, eating a sandwich on the bus. Lex walking outside the bus and stretching and getting a slim gym at the gas station. Yes, what a journey we were on with Lex Luger in 1993. Now, hugging his pillow. <laughs> they went. Now that being said, though, this is a very underrated pay per view. I think the finish is well, terrible, obviously, but. There's an underrated group, like an underrated group, an underrated commentating team. People talk about Gorilla and Bobby and all that, you know, and, and Vince and Jess, but Bobby and Vince were good together. I don't, excuse me, I don't, uh, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think probably the only person, and I'm even, I'm even not counting Lawler, who we just see on the screen here. I think the only person that was better with Vince than Bobby was Jesse. I will always say yeah, Jesse. Yeah. Jesse was my favorite. Jesse, you know. Yeah. Oh, look at these! Look at these! Look at these uh, '90s wrestling crowds, folks. They actually enjoyed wrestling. They enjoyed going. They didn't feel like they had to sit there and wait for somebody to go. Welcome to Monday no, Night Raw. Plenty of mullets. Plenty of. Oh, look DiBiase, at DiBiase in the white. Love DiBiase in the white. I can, if I can say this with, and I say this with. Uh, 92% confidence. I believe this is Ted's last main North American match. Yeah, I think everything he wrestled after this was in Japan, yeah. and then he w- he hung him up. Like Juan he might said, have had a match on Superstars or something like that, but this was the this was it for Ted. This was his swan song. Yeah, Juan says. Juan says. Juan says Lex is the replacement of Hulk Hogan at the time, LMAO. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that when we get to that match. I have a lot to say about the Lex Luger push and uh, WWF trying to replace Hulk Hogan at this time. The difference between Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan is that Hulk Hogan had babyface charisma and could actually work if he needed to. (laughs) The only time Luger – Luger was a good – like 89 to 91, Luger was good. Okay, but Luger was a much more effective heel, in my opinion. And as a babyface, just it didn't work. The guy didn't have the natural personality to be a babyface. He was just a natural heel because he was just a prick. Yeah, I, mean, that, I, I know everybody says he's a great guy now, and I met him, and he signed my magazine, it's up on my wall here, and everything like that. And he was cool when he did it. But and you read anything about the guy or hear any comments about him, but this time he was just a prick. So he should have been. 
presented as. He didn't. Uh, he didn't want to be a wrestler either. Really, I mean, when you think about it, he didn't. He didn't. I mean, he made a career out of it. I'm not saying he didn't. You know, embrace it at some point, but he didn't. Uh, I don't know. You could tell he that, just. He was kind of. He was kind of like Goldberg, where wrestling was a means to an end. He would have rather been a football player. Right there, that is fucking. That is classic Razor Ramon. And Ray, people can say what they want about Razor in '93, but first of all, at this oh, time, cheap shot artist. <laughs> Oh, Scott, Scott Hall was doing the best work of his career as far as a worker goes. He had the look. He had the charisma. People fucking loved him. And people shit on When we did the WrestleMania 9 episode, every single person that was on that panel with me shit on Razor Ramon and Bob Backlund being on that pay-per-view. But you know what? Razor Ramon and Bob Backlund did exactly what it needed to do on that pay-per-view, and they didn't even know that it needed to do it. That that match is what made Vince realize, damn, we could turn this guy face, pal. And, and, <laughs> and people, Razor, Razor's, ah, one of, oh. Razor's one of the few guys that didn't turn face because they wanted him to. He turned face because the fans wanted him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, look at that. I agree, Juan. I agree, sir. Yeah, he should have been. He, he should have been WWF champion at some point in his run. His, his problem, the problem, is, and the reason, like you know, looking at it now, I could understand why they didn't want to. The guy had baggage, you know. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, really, when it comes down to it, everybody has fucking baggage. <laughs> Shawn Michaels, maybe. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan had baggage. Yeah. They, these look at this. DiBiase, twilight of his career, still working like a fucking machine. He's also one of the greatest of all time. You talk about great heel wrestlers, Ted DiBiase. Now, what I'm going to say is, if those of you who, and I, I did not, and I he's did, doing this hurt. He's doing this hurt. Yeah. And I got to say this about DiBiase. Um. I, and at this time, probably 1993 or even the 80s when he was the Million Dollar Man, at that time as a wrestling fan, I was a younger person. You know, at this time, what, 93, I was 14 um, during the SummerSlam. When DiBiase had his run, I was between the ages of, of fucking 8 and 14. So obviously at that time, I was not the kind of wrestling fan that watched Mid-South Wrestling from from Bill Watts. You know, I didn't, I didn't know about that or didn't... Ex- but and I'm getting to my point. My point is, you think DiBiase was good here in the WWF as the Million Dollar Man, which he was, one of the greatest heels in that company's history. Watch him as a heel in Mid South. It is some of the best heel stuff you'll ever see in your life. So good. And you know what though, Ar- Ar- Archie want- Mitchell's piping in. Archie Mitchell's piping oh. in. He heard Aaron Maxson has Million Dollar Man under ruse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jealous much, Archie? You know he is. But, you know, a lot of people a lot of people shit talk him in WCW, but I think it was a brilliant move to bring him in as the benefactor for the NWO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, and, I mean, you... you, you, you you see the full circle of that, right? Because, I mean, Hulk Hogan, who was one of his greatest rivals of the 90s, how how better to to even more establish Hogan being a heel is now he's aligned with one of the guys that 
that was the most evil, one of his most evil opponents in oh, the yeah. 80s. You know, I mean, the, the symbolism is not lost on that one. No. Oh, that was a nice backbreaker. Yes, it was. Well, I heard that uh, Archie Mitchell has Dino Bravo granny panties. <laughs> dun, da, 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 da. <laughs> he, <laughs> he puts his little Frenchie March, Martin in those and goes about his business. <laughs> Sorry, Archie. Sorry. <laughs> and this, this is an example of, of what... This is an example of what you do in wrestling, too. Like like I said, this was Ted's swan song, and what's he going to do? What's he going to do? He's going to put over the guy they're trying to trying to push next. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Spoilers on on this fucking... People haven't seen this. It's just bad. <laughs> saying, like, Ted's doing what you're supposed to do in wrestling, and... He's doing right here. Leaving, He's... He's doing right here what you're supposed to do in a match. He's the heel. He's got the. He's wearing the face down. Yep. Putting him out. Got him in that moment of desperation. Juan, Juan, to start Juan, to come alive for him. Juan, Juan comments: If it wasn't for Scott Hall, NWO would have never happened for sure. Yes, he was. He was really. I mean, you say what you want about Hogan turning heel, making it. What Scott Hall was the heart of the NWO to me. Um, his attitude, his swagger, his I don't give a fuck attitude was really, I mean, Nash too, but Scott Hall just, I don't know. The problem, match, with was, the problem with Nash was he didn't know how to fucking use words. <laughs> Look at the adjective, play. Yeah. How did you fuck that up? <laughs> and this match stems from uh, Monday Night Raw and when Raw was trying to be not trying, it was showing you that anything can happen on it and it stems from uh, the first big what the fuck moment for Monday Night Raw when uh, Sean Waltman pinned Scott and nobody saw that shit co- or you know you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's something like Nobody saw that shit coming. And DiBiase and everybody was making fun of him and everything like that. It turned him face. It was just, it, and that's an example. A guy lost and became a bigger star than what he was before. Go back a few minutes ago with that suplex. The way Scott sells that fucking suplex, like you don't see that now. People just they'll take that bump and then they'll just be like, oh, and they'll get right back up. But like. As soon as Scott hits, man, he listens and he arches his back up like, oh, hell, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I miss that. There, there's a reason why there's little subtleties in wrestling that, of course, it's I'm preaching the choir here, but it's fucking lost, man. This match has not yet had. I mean, we've gone. Oh, you dirty cheat. Oh. <laughs> we've gone. We've gone 11, about 11 minutes in this match. Not yet has there been a high spot. I mean, we're about to get we're about to get a spot, you know, like a, tr- a heel tries to cheat spot, but there hasn't been a high spot really. There hasn't been. There's just been two guys working, and look at that, you know, the heel gets his comeuppance, and he's about to go down, Chico. He's oh. about to eat the. Oh, he's gonna eat the razor's edge, man. <laughs> and he has got up. Let's see how he drops him. Oh, he likes Ted. <laughs> <laughs> 
Juan commented, uh, they needed to turn Hogan. They need Hogan to turn heel because Hogan is great on the mic. He was once he, once, I mean, he was, and also Juan, to be honest, he, I mean, let's be honest, babyface Hogan WCW stunk. I mean, it just stunk up the joint. He needed that because uh, his legacy was kind of tainted by that early WCW run. Archie, Ted was so smooth in the ring even as he got older. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one of the best ever. And Jeremy Cotton is here to say Archie Mitchell sucks. No, he doesn't. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he does, I bet he's really good at it. Oh, hell. Look at that ugly son of a bitch. <laughs> this uh, this interview is funny. That this interview is funny because she calls him Rob and not Rick. You know, it's the it's the, it's just funny because it's the WWF. What well, no, but it's funny because it's the WWF. You know, Vince is probably like, "Who the fuck is Rob Steiner?" <laughs> Somebody correct Marty Genetic. What did he just say? Oh, that's hell. Big Mama. That's Big Mama Pump. Big Papa Pump's mom, the Steiner sister, looking like the epitome of the nineteen nineties. There. <clears throat> Did she buy that? Look at nineties lady, man. Did she buy that, that with the holes cut on it? Good looking nineties lady, man. Oh, there's <laughs> Jimmy. Cornette. There's Corny. He's not making any racist jokes on this show. <laughs> no, but he's got that neck brace on. <laughs> Here comes an underrated tag Old team. Bob beat him up. Yep. The Heavenly Bodies, Dr. Tom and Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, or Jimmy Backlander. What was it, Jimmy Graffiti in WCW? Johnny Graffiti. You know, Johnny Graffiti. Steiner's sister was a hot box wonder if she did porn. <laughs> Hello, Archie. There's Archie. <laughs> I'm just, now I'm in my head, the Michigan fight song, but as porn music. Is what's oh, playing in Jimmy my head. Dance. I love when Jimmy Del Rey would do his, his skeezy, like stripper <laughs> dance thing. Yeah. Now he's laying down. What are you doing? <laughs> you guys, sorry if it's lagging a little bit on the on your end of it. This is a new way we're trying to do this, so we apologize. I'm watching it. It's Brian, not lagging. It lagged a little bit on mine. Okay, yeah, in the Facebook in the Facebook feed, it's not. He's good, Mike. Now I'm in the Razor Ramon voice. Juan says another guy that was a great heel. Another guy that was a great heel was Dino Bravo. You're right, Juan. And Archie Mitchell. Archie Mitchell loves Dino Bravo. I closed my my network. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, too much going. Jeremy Cotton says me and Aaron look like the heavenly bodies in the 90s. If so... If so, I was Pritchard because I had the hair. I had the hair. I had the long-ass hair. Here come the Steiner brothers ready to beat somebody up. (laughs) Jimmy Del Rey was a skeezer, man. Are you calling me a skeezer? (laughs) No, I was just just, uh, jumping on it and being Dr. Tom because of the hair. Jimmy was the better worker, too, though, so I'll take it. (laughs) Jimmy Del Rey was... uh, 
a fantastic worker. Really not yeah. lagging on you guys? Huh? Yeah. It's not on the feed. If it's lagging on you, that's on you. <laughs> okay. But oh, the uh, oh. damn. <laughs> Man, I don't know what the fucking problem was with the WWF and the Steiner brothers. Because they were they had some great shit when they were there. This shit's they good. Did. They had great matches. The, the head shrinkers, I just I, I don't think that company the Quebecers, I just, for some reason, I don't think that company and those guys meshed. Well, there's a, there's a couple of, there's a couple of, um, instances of that here in this era. I mean, look at Luger, you know, like Luger came in lots of fanfare cause they signed him away from WCW or whatever. And then they try to give him a push and they decide Vince or somebody decides that they're not WWF material or whatever. So it's I don't know. It's just and to me, to be honest, the Steiners. Do you think the Steiners fit in the WWF? I think they could have. I mean, God, you just look at this. I mean, what is the last you know, probably two minutes has been nothing but the Steiners just laying waste to heavenly bodies. I mean, you're pushing they, them. They have a. At WrestleMania, we've talked about it before. Obviously, during the WrestleMania Nine episode, they have an amazing match with the Head Shrinkers at WrestleMania Nine, where they, they beat the tar, tar out of each other. But uh, let's not forget about that match at Royal Rumble '93 with the Beverlys. <laughs> yeah, they fucked the Beverlys up. Here's the problem: one, they're not Vince McMahon creations; two, they're a tag team. It's two strikes against them. Yeah, right there. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the problem. Like, these guys have the best wrestling match on the show. On this show? Yeah. On this show, they have mm-hmm. the best wrestling match on the show. I like Michael's Imperfect better, but this it, one's really good. That match is weird. It, it should have been better than what it was, and I don't I don't know what it I, – I think Kurt was hurt. I guess we'll get into it when we get to the match. But, this yeah, I like – this is the best wrestling match on the show. The best thing on the show is uh, the whole Doink Brett Lawler thing, and that's that's sports entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. I think it's fantastic, but just a rest like well, this is the closest like this is like how do I want to say it? this is like a territory match on WWF. Well, I was about to say the the Brett Lawler. Um, Doink thing coming up later is a very territory thing too. It's like the most Memphis thing WWF ever did. <laughs> yeah, but it's got, they got like a sports entertainment vibe to it. You know, it, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's all really good. And this, like I said, this is an underrated fucking pay per view. Juan Rosario said Archie Mitchell is Bastion Booger. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Juan. Damn. Why is everybody bringing the heat to Arch? Because Archie, Archie trolls them, so here. they troll back. Archie's a troll, yeah. so he gets trolled. <laughs> he knows. He's all right with it. <laughs> he's got his troll card. He's cool. <laughs> I know this is silly sounding, but god damn, look at how loose them fucking ropes are. Oh, damn. Look at that bulldog. Sorry, I wasn't trying to... I wasn't trying to ignore your point, Kyle. If we, I just, start a promo- yeah. if we start a promotion, should Archie come out to Red Hot Chili Peppers under the bridge? <laughs> Not that kind of troll. That's where <laughs> trolls live. 
<laughs> oh, fucking Jim Cornette. Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> man, Jim Del Rey was the shit, man. Del Rey was like, fuck it, I'm doing a cannonball on Scott Steiner. <laughs> I don't care if the camera catches it, because he didn't. They didn't know that shit was happening. He just did it. Hell no. <laughs> This was them getting signed, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because they were still working with the rock and roll. They were still working their feud with rock and roll and Smokey, weren't they? At this time? Yeah. yeah. This was them. This is the Heavenly Bodies trying to get signed. Little side note. Little side note about Jimmy Del Rey. Or no, it's either Del Rey or Pritchard. I I think it's Pritchard. When he comes out in the 95 Royal Rumble. Lawler's like, oh, it's Dr. Tom Pritchard. This guy's great, McMahon. He's going to have, you know, he's just putting over Dr. Tom Pritchard, and he's like, I really like him. And Vince McMahon's like, you think he's going to win the Royal Rumble? And Lawler's like, I don't like him that much. (laughs) (laughs) Want to answer your question? I'm I'm pretty sure it's not. I I think it's still the same size ring that WWE is. Juan asked, "Was the Juan asked was the ring in the '90s bigger than what they have now? It may have even been smaller. The rings now to me look huge, and I don't know if I don't know they look they look gigantic to me now. So they kind of work all their little silly spots, do those little high spots. Plus, they have to have their their eight man elimination matches and shit. W, WCW's ring was what eighteen by eighteen. I think WCW so. had a tiny ring. Oh yeah, I think WWF's was." Point by point. Yeah. WCW wrestlers had to adjust a lot because they didn't. They weren't like the WWF where they took around the same size rings. Like the oh, center yeah. state, the center stage ring was was super tiny. It when the nitro ring was bigger, and yeah. So at WCW, you didn't even know you had to fucking adjust to like three or four different rings. Like I read when WWE bought WCW, they got all the rings and shit and. Like they set them up and they were like, fuck it, we're not using these. <laughs> like they basically gave them the fucking Deep South. <laughs> and that was what they did with them. And that's where Luke Gallows learned how to do this, do his craft. Like, WWF was like, we can't even train guys in these rings. <laughs> Jody Hamilton was like, I can. <laughs> I've already done it. <laughs> Well, of course, Jody Hamilton did. All he's going to do is fucking stretch you. <laughs> so do we know how many people are watching with us? Hold on just a second. I can tell you. Well, that up. Oh, my God. Between all platforms, we have 20 live right now. Hey, guys. That's uh, YouTube, Facebook group, and Facebook page. Hope you guys are and those of you listening, to, those of you listening to this as an audio podcast, um, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, get in there. Oh, that was a nice. Yeah, what the fuck are you waiting for? <laughs> Have some fun with us. Stupid idiots! <laughs> stupid idiots! <laughs> you're not. You're on the idiot. list. You're not stupid idiots. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Comes Ricky. Oh, somebody about to get fucked up. <laughs> yep. Oh, here's something else that's this. Oh, that, that's I think, I think I, 
I think uh, you were about to make the same point I am, so go ahead. I was just going to say, here's something else that's enjoyable about this match. It's four guys that look completely different. Like, well, they're not okay. all... What were you going to oh, say? Yeah. No, I, I was just going to say that that little flurry there that Rick Steiner had, the way that this match is built, that's something that's missing in wrestling now. You know, I mean, you get to go, go watch any match on any any average TV show, not even on a pay-per-view, and you'll get that flurry spot that Rick Steiner had three minutes into the match. You know, you, there's no build-up. There's no build to it. By the end of it, all three all three of these guys are through tables and ladders and shit, if this is today. I was just going to say, like, a guy that looks like Jimmy Del Rey would never have a chance in the WWF now. No. Well, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, what's that little dude's name in NXT with the hat and the ch- hairy chest? I like I him. Hate I hate that guy. Oh, oh really? Cameron I like Grimes. him. Cameron Grimes. Yeah, I like him. He looks like he looks, like him. He looks he's like different. He looks he's like different. He looks like Dale Farts. I don't like him. <laughs> so does Jimmy Del Rey. <laughs> You know, but it worked for him. Actually, Jimmy Del Rey. Jimmy Del Rey looks like he smells like old uh, Stetson. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not gloss over the fact that it's still impressive to see a guy the size of Scott Steiner do a fucking hurricane rana. Absolutely. And the match is over. The Steiners take get the W. The WWF Tag Team Champions. Mama Steiner's happy. And look at that crowd going wild. For the Steiner, but we're only two matches in, and this crowd's already been entertained highly. Juan comments, the 90s storylines were much better, and it sold big time with the crowd. Absolutely. You know, you build a story. You you know, you something like, um, there were, uh, I'm going to use as an example, a something that happened on Raw this week. They had the deal with Tom Phillips. Seth Rollins was threatening him. Seth uh, Samoa Joe stood up to him. That entire segment was well done, but I wasn't into it because they haven't built to it. It was just all of a sudden Seth Rollins is threatening Tom Phillips. He hasn't hinted to us over the past three weeks or something that he doesn't like. You know what I mean? Like there was no build there. I can't get emotionally invested in it. Now we have Joe Fowler here, who I think this was his only his one and only WWF pay per view. I actually tried to I actually tried to Wikipedia this dude one time and he doesn't even have a Wikipedia, so I don't know his story. <laughs> he was he was an NFL guy, I believe. I think he, he did, the um, only stuff that I that I remember he I know he did uh I remember him for being the guy that was run remember when they were gonna do the, the two battle royals or the battle royal and the next week the two finalists were gonna face off for the Intercontinental title when Sean ditched it. Uh, I remember him being the guy running down the participants of the Battle Royal, and he'd be like, Doink, he's funny. Bastion Booger, he's smelly. Like, it was just this ridiculous, like, everybody he introduced, he'd be like, he'd have something that he'd say about him. <clears throat> you know, Sean, I, I gotta love 93, 94 Sean, because, you know, he's great in the ring, but he's, like, trying to find his fucking footing. Mm-hmm. Trying to, you know... Because he's out of that whole boy toy thing with Sherry, and now he's kind of moving, in, you know, his own thing. And he's still, like I said, just fucking peace signs, really. <laughs> and here he comes, yes, sir, the heartbreak kid. 
I don't know. I don't know who did. There were. He's one of the top five guys to just give off that smug, arrogant. I'll always say this. I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. He's like my number two, number three favorite of all time. That list is fluid, but he's number two, number three up there with Brett and Randy Savage. But I always enjoyed Shawn much more as a heel than a baby face. <clears throat> Shawn Michaels is – other than – all right, in this age, because Shawn Michaels really is two Shawn Michaels. He really has two careers, if you think about it. But in the pre-2002 era of Shawn Michaels, before he came back, always preferred him as a heel. He was he just, I mean, he's obviously a personality, a natural heel, but so much better as a heel than a babyface. Like, look at this. He's so fucking smug. <laughs> and he's this so good at it. When you this come out, he's said- so when you say that you've been saved by God, it's kind of hard to be a heel then. <laughs> this is when he said that uh, Chief J. Strombo was calling him Tiny Elvis. Because <laughs> he was chubby? Yeah. And here comes another one of my favorites of all time. Which is also... Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. Oh, yeah. Probably the greatest natural performer ever. Whether he's your favorite or not, Probably in the ring. To me, there's Gorilla and Pumpkinhead. WWF, look at that. Gorilla Monsoon and Jim Ross doing Radio WWF. But Kurt Henning was the 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 most natural professional wrestler to ever live. Yes. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch uh, Frank Gotch, so I don't know. But of my of my lifetime of what I've seen. Again, maybe not my favorite wrestler of all time, but definitely in top five, top ten. But well, I will say this, greatest natural wrestler ever. The people who, who, is, who disagree with you and say that Frank Gotch is better, they're all dead, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> good point. I, am I wrong? Super, super good point. No, you're not. It was a super good point. They're, they're all Fuck dead em. anyway. Who cares? <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting hammered, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and we're only a half hour in. <laughs> All the mania in the ring. Yes, sir, it is. <laughs> Jesus. Old fucking baby Earl. These two going to lock it up and have a great match. Like I said, Aaron said the, uh, the Steiners, the Steiners and, um, and the Heavenly Bodies was the best one, best match on the card. I, I think I this think, one's the best match on the card. I think Mr. Aaron, Perfect and Shawn Michaels. When it comes down to it, I think the problem is, like we've discussed many times before, it, it's it's Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels. Like the expectations are so high. Like how 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 does it deliver? You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just I, maybe I'm just a mark for the two guys, so I'm a mark for the match. Maybe I'm a, a no, mark for them. Please don't get me wrong, and, and I'm not saying oh this match sucks. No, I know, I know. And that's the great thing about wrestling is everybody doesn't have to like the same thing at the same level. You know, that's good. That's good that we have a differing opinion. And then Kyle's going to be like popular. Kyle's going to be like Kyle's going to be like I love the Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez. It is my favorite match on this card. 
the fucked up thing is dubbing. somebody in that building said that. <laughs> you know I mean, like somebody was like, "That was amazing." <laughs> like they drove home and they were like, "Gonzalez Taker was great." <laughs> every wrestler has one fan. No, yeah, every wrestler, fan. every wrestler is somebody's favorite wrestler. <laughs> like somebody out there. It's like Giant Gonzalez was the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> and they really liked El Gigante too and couldn't figure out why. Is it just me or do they look like almost the same guy? He's <laughs> just got a hairy dick. Oh! Oh! That was beautiful. I love that. I love the fact that Sean's like getting pissed because he didn't get it. Yeah. So this is this is two guys that if it would have been a different time it would have been so much better. Yeah. Juan, you're right. Who didn't love the Brooklyn Brawler? You know, hot. Brooklyn Brawler, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. I can't see who said he was great on Baywatch. Oh. 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 Nate's pooping, so I don't know. I just see you some know, Facebook users saying some stuff. You know, oh. we talked about Rick Flair having a great job. You know, he's synonymous with it, but damn, you're fucking perfect to have a good one, too. Yeah. Like anything Kerr Hennig did was fantastic and and basically nothing the guy did he was bad at. Like he was fantastic in the ring. Was fantastic as a commentator. He was a great manager when he was with Rick. You can put Kurt in any role, and and and, and he would shine. You There's know, not a lot of guys you can say that about. It's like him and like Jerry Lawler. Yeah, and that would be. You think back to w, WCW in 1999 with the West Texas Rednecks. Like it's because of Kurt that, that thing even got over. Yeah. Just think about it. What a shitty gimmick. Uh, I thought the gimmick was fun. I know, yeah, because Kurt made it fun, but I'm saying, like, it is a shitty-ass gimmick, like, to think about. Like, oh, you're going to be a country. Oh, that was a nice, that was nice. Catching the uh, uh, arm drag on the jump off the top rope. Yeah. Right here, right here is something I missed today, too. Like, Kirby's grabbing that arm, working on that arm. You know, he's picking that body part to dissect. We, we don't see that now. It, it, you know, it's almost like they don't want to win the match. People might get bored now. Well, fuck them. It's just a matter of retraining your audience. And this is the perfect time to do it with everything going on. Oh. 
guys. God. You know, you know has one of the worst fucking, like, leapfrog things? Like that move? It's Triple H. Never really paid attention to him doing a leapfrog. Well, it, it, he just... It, like, anytime he gets caught, like, in that, that move, that leg move where they fall back and he flips up forward, he always looks like he's trying to launch himself. It's not like where Sean just did where... You know, it looks natural. I mean, in his defense, Triple H has about probably 120 pounds on Sean. Well, this is true. That's where Triple H shouldn't do it. No. But anyways, with Nate, he's on a jerk. Oh, hey, Nate. Hi. <laughs> I was watching. <clears throat> God, I love these. I love those, you know, successions of elbow drops. To make a point, again, to wear your opponent down like you're supposed to. Yep. That's what I was talking to... about earlier was like, oh, look at that. Perfect's grabbing the arm, putting the hold mm-hmm. on, trying to win the match. Instead of trying to do get in every single possible move he can and play wrestle with his buddy. <laughs> Blow up doll or or for a thirteen year old girl. Yeah. You know what the greatest thing about me deciding that I don't want to do a show about the modern product anymore and I don't have to analyze the shows? I don't have to watch Kenny Omega anymore. I literally don't have to watch him. It's sad for me because I'd like to watch Hangman Page. But I don't have to watch Kenny Omega anymore until you know that's 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 nice. It's nice not to have to watch him. <sighs> I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, what a shit heel! What a piece of shit! Piece of shit! Oh, what? Man, it's crazy. It's crazy to look at, at Diesel and know that, like, in about a year's time, he's going to be world champion. He definitely got the express push. Oh hell yeah! Like he goes from like the silent, bullet wearing bodyguard to like the biggest star. Mm-hmm. And. Unfortunately, the least successful champion they ever had as far as drawing power and stuff goes. But it was a downtime for the business. They were up against it with WCW. But I think the problem, too, with with that whole thing is it wasn't like with Hogan where, like, it didn't matter what else was on the card as long as you had Hogan. Right. Now we're getting into the point where, you know, like, you're expecting, like, three or four good matches on a card. Yeah, it's it's you're getting to that point that they eventually eventually really got to during the Attitude Era, where your top of the card is more an ensemble cast. Yes, where where you can you can interchange main eventers. You know, you get to the point in the '90s where you you know at, at any time you could have the Rock, Austin, Mankind, Triple H. Um, um, there's one other guy I'm forgetting, Undertaker, on top. Whereas, like you said, like to you, what you were saying at this time, it, like. 
or not at this time. The marquee doesn't say Hulk Hogan anymore. It says World Wrestling Federation. Right, right. And and that that's another thing that to be honest has been lost is they don't they don't build stars anymore because it's all about the brand. Yep. It's all about WWE. That's why Jack Swagger was the world champion and then a year and a half later Jack Swagger was on the bottom of the card. You never ever ever would have seen back in the day a guy get to main event status and then get get by 2 years later he's on the bottom of the card. You know, being the world champion was a ticket to being a main eventer the rest of of your career back then. Yeah, it was something you could play off of, you know. Mm-hmm. The only one back then that that kind of happened to was Slaughter. If you remember, like yeah. after 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 the after the run with Hogan, after the title run and everything, once he turned babyface, he he got moved down the card quite a bit. But you know, by the next Slaughter. by the next WrestleMania, by the next WrestleMania, he's in that. Uh, Eight man tag. They're just throwing the guys in. They wanted to put on the card. You but know, Slaughter was at the tail end of his, the twilight of his career when that happened. That's that's true. That's true. You know, it's not like like Jack Swagger where it's like hey, this guy has you know thousands of matches ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we pretty much knew what it was with Slaughter. I mean, you, you know, it's like Mister Perfect giving Diesel the business. You know, at the time. At the time Yep. Oh, come on. Jesus. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what an outside, I guess, I don't want to say manager, bodyguard. Yep. Is that fucking, uh, I miss that. That, that doing the shit behind the refs back. Being that pestering, pain in the ass, you know, your baby face is gaining the advantage, and now thanks to this SOB on the outside. And now look at that. Shawn Michaels raising that belt up. Yep. Perfect giving Diesel the business, giving Shawn Michaels the business. So your match didn't have a satisfying finish, but it has a satisfying outcome at the end because you got a little beat down here from the heels on Mr. Perfect to keep some heat on the feud because the feud wasn't over yet. They were probably still going to work the loop. Give him just a little bit, just a glimpse, a shimmer of hope, and then cut it off. Mm Mm-hmm. Build heat for the return. Because back then, I mean, it's well, not at this time things are changing. Ninety three is a year of change, but um, wrestling was still kind of booked based on how you booked when you were going to be in Madison Square Garden in September, but you're coming back in October. You know, so you got to build something for next month in the garden. Well, you see, that <clears> was what I think was interesting to hear, like Bruce Pritchard and all them talk about, like with like Hogan when Hogan would come to, you know, Madison Square Garden, they're always like, oh, why is he on in the middle of the card? You know, and I a lot of it probably had to do with the fact that they wanted to get to this hotel before room service and everything, but... Yeah, like, like <laughs> probably. Richard said, it was, it was like, so we could sit there and be like, and next time we come here, it's going to be a return match with Hogan versus, you know... Mm-hmm. You can sell it for the, you know... 
Here's another one of the greatest workers of all time. Joe Fowler inter- interviewing the one, two, three kids, Sean Waltman. Look at all the amazing workers on this show so far. I know. It, uh... I mean, another bell to bell, one of the greatest of all time right here, Sean Waltman. God, look how young he looks. <laughs> I, mean, I know, I know it, it's 93, but I mean, Talk about literally a white meat baby face. Oh, God, yeah. You know, right now he's like, you know, Joe, I just want to win the match. I just want to go out there and have a good match. Go out there <laughs> and, and I want to entertain all my fans. And... Now, what I, I'm going to say about, I'm going to say when we get to the end of this match, folks, this is one of the things on this show I don't like or like it. It just perplexes me. All right, no, if you haven't seen the show, whatever, spoiler alert. Why does IRS win this match? <laughs> like, you're, you're building this one, two, three kid. He's had all these upset victories, and you're going to put give him his first loss to IRS. No disrespect to Rotunda, but you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is, like, we're, we're off, I'm sorry, we're off of, you know, WrestleMania, like there is no going to be no more, you know, mega bucks, and like I'm sorry, IRS has run its course. Yeah, well, IRS ran its course long before that. I gotta say, I mean, and I have he had some, he had some extended life with DiBiase I, and the tag team. Yeah, I have mad respect for Mike Rotunda as a wrestler, but Mike Rotunda to me was always boring, unless he the was only, IRS. Uh, he was boring in the ring as IRS. He was, I mean, some of his promos were fun just because he was like, when he comes out in the fucking Royal Rumble 94 and he's like, oh, look, every tax cheat in the state of Rhode Island showed up here tonight. That is funny. But overall, boring. And it's like I was just telling Kyle, Aaron, I have no idea why they put IRS over here. But kids getting the push. He's had all these upset victories over people. Why give him his first loss to fucking IRS? Doesn't make any sense. No. Well, yeah, I was I was never a Rotunda fan. I don't know, just not not my cup of tea, I guess. You know, you know what? You know when he lost all charisma when he went and became Michael Wall Street, <laughs> WCW, Michael VK Wall Street. <laughs> that was. I was silly here calling VKM. Yeah, yeah, the epitome of the Monday Night Wars. There, little little pot shots at each other. WWF did it too. I'm not saying they didn't, but 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 it's one of those things. Like looking back now, you get it. But oh. like at the time, <laughs> it was like the fuck. I mean, he was a pivotal Kid. member of the NWO. Don't forget that. Uh, yeah, pivotal. <laughs> Maybe went and got the coffee for Hogan. His entrance was when they officially started having too many members in the NWO, if that's what you mean by pivotal. <clears throat> and it was funny, too, when he joined the him and, him and Bubba, him and, and Ray Trailer, when they joined the NWO, both of them were just like, fuck it, I don't need to look good or anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you ever sure. notice that? Like, they both look... They both start looking all shabby, and <laughs> they just got, like, the NWO shirt, but it's cut off, and... <laughs> 
jeans and fucking long hair. Bubba got all big and fat, and his beard was out of control. <laughs> now, Ray Taylor before that was even pretty shitty because he was what the oh, guardian angel or something like that. Oh yeah, he was the guardian angel. He was the boss. Jesus, the guardian angel thing was ridiculous. <laughs> When he turned heel and snapped, though, it was great. He's like, think I'm right there, what are you supposed to be in that ring? Oh, talking about a unkempt fat guy with a beard. Aww. <laughs> We're welcoming, welcoming Chris oh, God, Wood for the... This for is those screwing of you... me up. There's like a 10 second delay because I'm watching on my computer and my phone's right underneath it. <laughs> so I hear Aaron say that, and I'm like, Looking at the computer, going, I'm not there yet. What the hell? <laughs> Put your phone away. I have to watch it on my phone, though. Well, turn turn your phone down. Better. You got to cut the audio off of something. Yeah, I didn't Jesus realize. Christ, it's like through. 1990s radio when somebody tries to call in and fucking talk to the DJ. It's like, do you mind turning your radio down, sir? But I want to hear myself. <laughs> fucking Mark. I know if I'm on the so, radio. So, Chris, we were just, or I was just talking about how I always thought Mike Rotunda was boring. Uh, I was kind of hoping they were going to play that spot a little bit more. I always love that spot when the fucking yeah, kinda. The heel, the heel has the hold on and he fucking grabs that rope mm-hmm. behind the referee's back and the referee turns and he's like, oh, I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and the great part is when the heel did the spot where he let go of the rope so bad the rope is shaking the hell out of it and he's just like, oh. And I love the fact because he gets the fans involved because the referee will be like, cause the, he'll be like, oh, ask them. And they'll be like, yeah. And he'll be like, oh, What? It was always fun to see the the referee asking the crowd shit too, you know. Yeah. Like, did he do it? Yeah. Okay, but I'm not gonna disqualify him anyway. I just asked you. Yeah. <laughs> now eat your popcorn, Bubba. <laughs> Why should I take the word of a bunch of drunk hillbillies? <laughs> and then that drunk hillbilly is like, "Well, why'd you ask, motherfucker?" <laughs> uh, one, two, three, kid with the flurry here. Sean Waltman, one of the top fucking workers of all time. I don't know if you guys brought it up yet, but can can we give a nod to the classic bow tie ref right now? Yes. Oh, and how about the ref having a name? That's always nice. In Other than just being the official. I mean... Oh, they messed that up a little bit. They, 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 like, there's like a few refs now that have names, but for the most part, yeah, it's not. Yeah, the only time there, that there, there, there's Lady Ref in AEW, and there's Fester Ref in AEW, and there's Lady Ref One, Male Ref One, Male Ref Two. There's Freddie Long. Is there? Yeah, is there I, I feel bad asking since I'm like the one that watches it. I seem think the most out of all of us, but I don't know if the legless Ref is still an impact. I haven't seen him since I've been watching again. Oh, there's your winner. Yeah, and this, by the way, this this decision makes no sense. Makes no booking sense, but anyway. I believe it was the Lariat. We're going to see it again. Oh, with the brain scan. 
with the brain scan. I'm sure Bobby's cracking a really funny joke right now. Yeah, they always made Bobby do the brain scan, but it was never funny. It was always like a you could always tell it was like a Vince joke. Yeah. I want like you to I say this brain. The good IOU, shit, pal. That's what he's doing with this. The IOU. <laughs> and Bobby would even give it the <laughs> laugh to let you know <laughs> that Vince joke. The IOU. Oh! Oh! There's Owen and the stupid heart. <laughs> Owen Hart. Owen Hart looks like looks like a fourteen year old kid ready to go to homecoming. <laughs> Owen and the stupid heart. Yeah, that's funny. Stupid. Who's ever hosting? Move your mouse cursor off of the off the stupid heart's eyeball. Thank you. Bruce <laughs> <laughs> is stupid for like a lot of reasons. One, just look at him. Bruce Two, wanted. Bruce any wanted to time, be the any one. Any time WWF would want to do something with the guy, if you read anything that Brett says, anytime they wanted to do something with him, he fucked it up. He tried well, to go into business for himself. He came up with he came up he, the story. He pitched the Owen story and wanted it to yeah. be him. And then he just go into business for himself. Thank God it wasn't him. Like, <laughs> like, like in ninety, like in like ninety, a bitter man. Yeah, like in in ninety two, like he cuts that promo where the hearts are supposed to be like supporting his brother, and he's like, "Brett was off. Brett, Brett's an egotistical person." And and then like he fucking hard way, like he hard way punches, like like I don't not hard way, like potato Steve Austin at like the Calgary Stampede. It's like, why would you potato the guy that they're wanting to put their shit behind? You know what I mean? It, Bruce Hart's an idiot. Here comes Brett. It's fucking fantastic. I love that jacket. They're about to do one of the best one-night angles in wrestling history. It's really sad that we can have the audio on. It's Bruce is like Jerry the original Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Don't compare Dolph Ziggler to Bruce Hart. <laughs> no, I mean, with the whole, it, I'm, I mean the whole it should have been me shit. I, uh, I, I'm the one that sounds the most like my dad. Yeah, that's Smith. But Smith looked like Smith looks like his, he's like Stu's Smith, doppelganger. Smith looked like him, talked like him. Yeah, I really don't Smith. know that I've heard Smith talk enough to make an. Yeah, I've watched interviews and shit with Smith Hart before he passed away. He was he was pretty vocal before he died. I love this here, man. Lawler's like, I was riding down 75 and some old blue-haired old lady ran me off the road. Off. <laughs> Shit, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I asked these guys he's earlier, Chris. The, he's mad at the curtain. It's great. <laughs> I asked these guys earlier, Chris, did you know they, they demolished the palace? Oh, did they? Yeah, I saw that the other day. I was very sad. I went to a couple of shows at the Palace. That, not wrestling shows, but I went to quite a few concerts at the Palace back in my youngin' days. And uh, it was it was, it was was like, it was like uh, it's the way I look at the Toledo Sports Arena, too. And I know that some people look at the Coliseums before it got renovated about uh, this way around here. But it was a dump, but it was my dump. <laughs> well, I'm still, like, I'm that guy, though. I'm still kind of shitty that given such, the monumental footnote in this company that Vince didn't buy the Silverdome. Right. Yeah. 
mean, he buys and, every fucking thing else. <laughs> well, the thing is, what I don't get is, have you, did you have you ever been in the Silverdome? No, I actually no. Take that back. Yes, I was at the Silverdome. I saw Pink Floyd at the Silverdome. You you know the layout of that place. It could have been amazing. That could have been like a northern territory. I mean, think of all the talent that we have coming out of the Michigan area. That mm-hmm. could have been like NXT North. He could have actually put a physical Hall of Fame in that building. Yeah, yeah. There was plenty of room, and like you said, with the history. You know, it ties into WWE. I mean, in all seriousness, is there really an arena that even the non-diehard wrestling fan knows of? The only the only other one it would be the MSG. Well, that you know? doesn't count, though. It's MSG. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there's arenas and everything, and then there's Madison Square Garden. That, that's, right. That, that's like... The Mount Olympus of everything. <laughs> but I just, I just never understood why Vince didn't buy it. It, it boggled right. my mind. I mean, take you take you take MSG out of the equation. Even if we take it out, the only other arena in the world, the only other two arenas in the world that are probably that recognizable to people would be Wembley and the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, that's you know? not over here though, so it don't, right. don't count. Right. <laughs> but I mean common people that know of wrestling or anything there everyone's memory is wrestlemania 3 is yeah, hogan, and, Dome. hogan and andre in the silver dome or the superdome brother yeah. <laughs> whatever but can you imagine how um, the foot traffic that would have brought to michigan if you had bought mm-hmm. that and put a physical hall of fame in that location well we know we know everybody in the on this show would have been there. You know, it's a couple hours away, man. We would have road tripped that shit on our... <laughs> hey, we're, we're not busy this weekend. What do you want to do? Silverdome? Silverdome. Silverdome. <laughs> <clears throat> While they're doing the classic ice pack thing on the knee, like the 20s-style ice pack that nobody uses except on TV. <clears throat> Pettengill. Pettengill's underrated, by the way. Those of you watching along with us on audio, if you want to uh, be synced up with us on WWE Network, I am at 5752, because this is going to be episode 103 also. Those watching on Facebook or YouTube, welcome. Thank you for being here. We're watching WWF SummerSlam 1993. I'm here along with Aaron, Chris, and Kyle. Actually, right now, Kyle's blanket, but... uh, Hello, Kyle's blanket. What's your opinion looks, on this it match? Looks, it looks like a fucking turtle. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like a turtle. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle's not a Kyle's not a furry. He's a Shelly. <laughs> I thought it was Kyle. <laughs> I didn't even know he left. Turtle, turtle. <laughs> he oh, is turtle. Ob- he is. Uh, uh, the Ob- Ob- turtle. <laughs> Now, what's he doing to the turtle? What are you doing to the turtle? <laughs> I'm teaching him the definition of love. Well, my. There's only one way that he needs to learn. You're like. <laughs> you're like Marty. You, the turtle, the turtle is. It's hiding the turtle, on both sides right now. The turtle is Marty Janetti, and you are oh. the drug dealer. Oh. I'll go say that. Don't. Uh, 
the joke I put out. I put out that the first time ever that I, I, I moved to a small town community and somebody said, you want to go back out and play, you want to go out back and play cornhole? I was like, oh no, I'm in a Marty Jannetty situation. <laughs> if I was his publicist, I'd be like, dude, quit fucking, just stop. You think Marty Jannetty has a publicist? He needs one. Here, come, here needs comes one. Matt Bourne. Here comes here Matt comes, Bourne, guys. Here comes the doink character in the last great phases of its gimmick. Because heel doink was fucking fantastic. Right there. Right there. Gold. <laughs> got a stogie. It's terrible. And the man behind the makeup, Chad Austin, was even like, nope. <laughs> I not want anything to do with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys... Did you guys hear that in the in the interview with Chad when oh, I yeah. talked to Chad oh, this, about this is shit. This shit's funny because it was supposed to be Owen, Owen Red Bruce, and <laughs> Bruce deserved it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> he fell on his. Like Owen head. was supposed to get in the way of him. I heard about that. Like Bruce said, if one ounce of water gets on me, I'm gonna be pissed. And Owen was supposed to jump in front of him, and he waited. Owen was like, oh, you're going to be pissed. <laughs> See, look at Bruce. He's, like, fucking punching referees and shit. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, he, he's trying to, like, hem up and take fucking heat off the match. Bruce is a fucking idiot. <clears throat> For anyone that didn't get what Aaron was talking about earlier, go back right now and listen to the first part of episode 100 of the show where I asked your questions to ECW star Chad Austin and one of the one of the listeners asked him about if he had any interactions with Matt Bourne. Now Chad is one of those guys that, honest to God, when I'm talking to him, he really tries to say something positive about everyone I ask him about, even if even if maybe there's some backhanded negative there. He tries to bring up something positive. <laughs> Matt Bourne, nothing positive. He was pretty much like I just stayed away from that crazy fuck as I much as I, I was around him. For- he said, I was around him for 15 minutes. And I was like, that's enough. <laughs> Have you ever watched Kevin Nash's shoot on him? I don't think so. It's funny because uh, because Matt Warren like, goes off on Kevin Nash saying that like he should never have been broke in the business because he used the word fake. And he's like, because I'm not fake and my father's not fake. Nash is like, well, that's good because I'm not fake and my dad's not fake. We're real. We're right here. <laughs> he fucking, basically, he's like, look, he's like, Captain Lou told me, he's like, there's only two things that are real in this business, the money and the miles. And, he's and the like, poo nanny. Like, he's like, I don't know who, who broke you in? He's like, but there's a reason why you ain't got no fucking money. <laughs> I mean, he, he kind of snorted it all, I think. Yeah. But but to give the guy credit, again, like I was saying, with what that he was, was given, with what he was given with this gimmick, he, you know, because, I mean, Aaron and I have talked about it a million times because we talked about it when we were kids with our buddies. We always used to joke around about, oh, one day they'll have a wrestling clown, you know, and, and then, you know, you always think it's a joke. And then one day... There's a wrestling clown, and you're like, oh, fuck, this is actually happening. (laughs) 
And I thought he did a good job with it. And, and fucking uh, Rob Bartlett was like, there he is. There he is. Dork, Dork the, clown. the Clown. Dork the Clown. And, and Vince McMahon's like, Dork the Clown. Stupid name for a clown, Dork. And then Randy <laughs> Savage goes, his name's Doink. <laughs> Randy Savage is Doink. the voice of reason. Yeah, he was the voice of reason in the three-man booth of Rob Bartlett, Vince McMahon, and Randy Savage. We don't talk about those dark days. <laughs> those were fantastic days, Kyle. No, they were the, not. The, the infancy of Raw was fantastic. Them trying to figure Rob out Bartlett. what what trying to figure out what the fuck they had, and Rob Bartlett had some funny shit until they until Vince started producing him. Once Vince started producing him, it, it wasn't funny anymore. But when they yeah. were just having Rob Bartlett be Rob Bartlett, he was funny. One of the most unwatchable episodes of Monday Night Raw is the one where Rob Bartlett is Vince McMahon the whole episode. Oh yeah, it's terrible. I can't even was, watch it. You, you can't tell me that wasn't Vince McMahon's idea, right? And Vince oh, it definitely it was. Funny. was. I just thought it was funny. Oh. But. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, guys. Hmm. This is just three talented human beings. Yeah, Brett. Lawler and that ref pretty damn good. <laughs> What's wrong with Matt Bourne? Matt Bourne was apparently a psychopath, but there was nothing wrong with Matt Bourne when he was in the ring. Yeah, I mean, you can, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, uh, Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts. Shitty I watch. I, I watch Jake Roberts on on my TV, and I am fascinated. And it, it, his psychology blows my mind. He's one of the greatest workers and promos of all time. Piece Should of shit be human being. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I can ignore that and let him let him entertain me on my TV. Piece of shit human being. I'll keep saying it over and over again. But Waller ain't that great either. Yeah, come down to it. He's got his vices. They ain't cope, but it is what it is. Uh, I don't want to touch that one. Waller would. <laughs> depends on how aged it was. Which, have you ever seen that interview with fucking Paul Heyman where he's talking about uh, Jerry Jarrett? When he yeah. first broke in or whatever. He's talking about Jerry. He's like, oh, I, I'm the one that took him to the sandbox. It's like, oh, she looks like she's real fun. Here you go, Jerry. It's like, Jesus. I love the Jerry Jarrett Dutch Mantel story. Yes. Right. You know, you know, yeah. He, he's... He, he, Jerry Jarrett gives a speech to the guys in Memphis in the locker room about uh, not being on drugs. And Dutch Mantel goes, Jerry, the way you're paying us, we're not even on food. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dutch for you, man. <laughs> oh, well, God, that's one, of the great, that's one of the greatest punchlines ever. I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> well, then you wonder why fucking Jerry busted fucking Paul Heyman's fucking jaw. 
on Monday Night Raw when he had the chance. It's like, huh, I <laughs> mm-hmm. wonder why. Everybody who ever gets the chance takes that shot at Paul Heyman. Yeah. Doink working the leg. Hey, look, more good wrestling here. You, you never see this move at all, ever anymore. No. No, I was just thinking that. I'm like, man, I have not seen that in ages. In ages. Why did he just kick the rope? I didn't even notice until just now Fonzie's the referee of this match. Come on, baby! <laughs> you know, I wonder how many times he said baby during this match, because oh, you know, Fonzie yeah. loves to say baby. <laughs> I'm still sitting here wondering why we don't see that move. I mean, we have so many current roster people that focus on legs for finishers, and no one uses that. I don't know. Because it's, it's not you, that's it's not, not good storytelling, pal. <laughs> oh, it's ooh, and he sold it perfectly too. Look at that sell job right there. That's great. <laughs> The, but now the reason you don't see a move like that anymore is because, um, I mean, if we hold that move for, for um, a minute and a half in our seven and a half minute match, how could we ever get in every single spot we've ever learned in our life in our match? I mean, if you think about it, we only have one person who still utilizes rest holds, and half the time he's given shit for it. Right. Well, are you talking about Orton? Because he does. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Randy, uh, I mean, Randy Orton, there's not a wrestler in wrestling at this very moment that has better psychology than Randy Orton. And Kyle what and I, I were... get is people like Keith Lee and Dijakovic, they are built for rest hold type things because to me, like the big monster type guy doing a rest hold type thing. It just gives off more of a pain type oh, scenario because Bam. it's a big fucking dude. God damn. Right. You know, I was going to say real quick earlier, <clears throat> I love the fact that, like, when Brett does that elbow drop or that forearm drop, that he gets, he goes up to the second rope, the second third buckle, instead of going all the way to the top. It's a little shit like that that, like, makes him stand out. I'm being perfectly honest from a physical from a physics standpoint. Yeah, I know wrestling's about exaggeration, and Owen is frozen right now here. Um, I know wrestling's about exaggeration, but from a from a pure physics standpoint, um, the, the shorter you hit it, the more the more it exactly hurts. yes, the more impact it has. Um, so yeah, Does I mean, from a, ever go off the top? I don't think so. He even did his, he even did his superplexes off the middle rope. Yeah. Yeah. Brett's like, I'm not going to the top rope unless you pay me an extra 10 K. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking new Jack when he would jump Bruce off. Bruce is like, I'll do it for two. <laughs> Everybody's like, get the fuck out of here, Bruce. Bruce is like, I'll do it for uh hall of fame induction. Uh, and I'll some do Krispy Kreme donuts. Best do jo- oh, there's Jack. There's Jack, Jack Tunney. Honey. 
Jack on the Tank Tunny. Bobby, Bobby, called Bobby Heenan at Royal Rumble 92 goes best president since Noriega. Noriega. <laughs> and, I, and I love the fact that he came out and Dork's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> There's Lanza. Like, Rene Goulet, Chief J. Strongbow. Chief J. Strongbow's belly. Pat Patterson. All of Vince's old buddies are out there, man. There's uh, Joey Morella. Take your shit. Ah, our video's freezing. Sorry, everybody. Billy Alfonso. Danny Davis. I'm just going to keep naming people until this shit <laughs> fixes. You want to get the patty melt? You want to get the patty melt? Yeah, I'll get the patty Underrated sandwich, the patty melt. If you guys ever had a good patty melt, it's fucking good. According to Roddy Piper in his Hall of Fame speech, he's allowed to get the patty melt again. <laughs> what? Patterson, what the fuck is going on? And what was Kyle talking about? <laughs> you don't remember Piper's? I don't know. Piper's induction ceremony, the Hall of Fame. He's talking about being kicked out of fucking Denny's or Steak and Shake. He's like, he's like, I can finally have the patty melt again. They let me back in. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a deep cut, Kyle. Good yeah. job. Good job. We like oh, deep cuts here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Sorry, everybody, for the video lagging. It is what it is. You don't like it? Go away. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking get your own network, bitches. Oh, fucking Bruce Bruce Hart. He's doing it. It's the internet. It'll catch up eventually. Now we've got finally got Brett gets Lawler in the ring. We went off topic for a little bit. Those of you watching along. Yeah, not us. No, never. Um, This is great heel baby face shit. That was that was good heel shit, Aaron. Great heel. Well, the heel should always believe what he's saying, right? Um, what I'm saying is even, true, even when it's wrong. Um, the <laughs> the the uh, the baby face finally gets the heel in the ring after he's faking his shit. And then the greatest thing about this is just the the fact that and it's it's goes back to uh, oh god. What show was it where we were talking about JBL as a heel champion? Um, you and all had talked about it. How every yeah, how JBL was champion for almost a year, but every title match he, he won the match. Yes, he, yes, he came. Yeah, he's bloodied. He's he's like surprised he's champion. As a matter of fact, and that's. That's what's great about this here. What greater heel thing than Lawler gets to win and gets to call himself King of the Ring, but he didn't actually do anything but get his ass kicked and then get put in the sharpshooter for too long. It's fantastic. Why can't... Where is this man? When did he die and they replaced him with this senile, small-headed man that is on my TV? The problem is, Nate, this wasn't Vince. Vince... Okay, but have we? Has everyone's has everyone's has everyone's narrative 
for 30 years, Ben, no matter who's writing or who's booking, what you see on WWF TV is ultimately Vince McMahon. I mean, if we're going to blame him for what's on now, we have to give him credit for what's on here. I'm just being fair. But it's true. But I'm just saying, like, at this time, it was Jerry Jarrett writing this shit. You also had, back then, you had people who could actually look at Vince and be like, that's a shit idea. Well, not only that, you also got to remember, you had staff more of his age group where he wasn't going to feel the need that he had to over double check, triple check everything. Like I don't, I don't hate Bruce Pritchard like a lot of people do. I don't hate the guy. I think he's funny. Okay, I don't think he's stupid to the wrestling business, and he contributed what he contributed, and he should be respected for it. Okay, but what I disagree with Bruce Pritchard on is the fact that Jerry Jarrett was a fucking idiot, and didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Jerry right. Jarrett, and, what the fuck he's doing. I agree with that too. Jerry Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler obviously knew what they were doing because Vince McMahon killed every single territory except Memphis. He yeah. couldn't kill Memphis. Eventually, he had to accept Memphis because they were so good at what they did with that territory when every single territory was dead. Long after wrestling had become a cable network and network television product, Fucking Memphis was still there doing big houses at the Coliseum. Then people in Memphis were still like, "Woo, Jared Lawler!" <laughs> Enough to where Vince went there. Yeah, and did his first Mister McMahon. Look at yeah. these hearts. Why did why do why do hearts always oh, dress terribly? Wow. Why because do heart, they, why, the 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 Hart family always dress terribly? Let's just put it were, that way. They they <laughs> and you and you can you can put. You can put the heart in the WWF, but you can't take the white trash out of the heart. <laughs> like right? Owen, Owen was like, no, you know no. what I'm going to do tonight? Brett's book, the hearts were kind of white trash. <laughs> yeah, I'm not knocking it. Not knocking it. Like when they would get money, instead of Stu being like, let's save this money and shit, he'd be like, let's buy five chandeliers and hang them up in the house. Like, <laughs> no, maybe we should sh- maybe we should save this money, Stu. Yeah. Five chandeliers and then I want to go down to the dungeon and wrestle me for it. <laughs> really. wrestling, wrestling stew down in the dungeon while a cat's taking a shit in the litter box right there beside you. And Brett was like the only one that was like, yeah. it's kind of trashy. Yeah, I need to get out of here. Or just think about the fact like you're sitting there like eating dinner or lunch and you got people screaming down in the basement. <laughs> but in that household, it was just normal yeah. every day. That was like pure horror. That was like pure horror movie <laughs> fodder for people that's never been there before. Yeah, I'm sure. They're, like, they're sitting at the table. Ah! <laughs> and the rest of the family just like <laughs> what? Yeah, that, that, was, like, that was Brockus. He's, he'll be all right. <laughs> like, can you imagine being like the friend oh, of pile like, the hearts? Be a friend of the hearts. It's like you go over there, like, <laughs> his dad's like, Stu's like, what's wrong? Don't you like the eggs? Be like, no, they're great. <laughs> Love the eggs. Love, Love the eggs. They're amazing. 
<laughs> I love yeah. them half raw and ready stew. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> These eggs taste like shit. What is the Aaron? What is the uh, the stew cat? Litter box cooking story that Dynamite tells in his book. I never get it right. Dynamite said that, and Brett said it's bullshit, but Dynamite said that Stu was like flipping eggs and was like talking about the booking. And was like, yeah, we're going to do this and it's going to be good. And we're going to dub it, dub it, And like a cat came up and took a shit on the counter. And as Stu's <laughs> like flipping the eggs, he just goes, and flips the shit off and then just goes back to flipping the eggs. <laughs> and then he's like, here you go, Tommy. And like, puts them on his plate. Flipped the turd off it, the counter. And then just went back to flipping the eggs and was like, here you go, Tommy. And like, put it on his plate. And Billington was like, I don't want to be an asshole to do. <laughs> and that so story, I, I believe, I believe Dynamite and not Brett because of all the other stuff I've heard about the Hart family. <laughs> And how they really were kind of white trash. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Billington was pretty fucking crazy and white trash, too. What? And like, like, like Brett, said Billing, Brett said Billington would be sitting out on the porch, like the back porch, and the kids would be outside playing and shit, like running around. And there'd be like jackrabbits and shit running around in the backyard. And Billington would just be like, boom, and just shooting at the jackrabbits and shit. <laughs> the kids were out there playing. To the point where Brett looked at his wife and was like, "We can't bring the kids to Tom's house no more. No <laughs> more. Like, <laughs> like we're not we coming back. The- like, like we can come back. We ain't bringing the kids to Tom's house no more." You watch and then, with and then Brett said, "Brett said he, he he like brought like he invited Smith over one day, like in like '99, and and went upstairs like." take a shit or something and came downstairs and Smith wasn't anywhere to be seen. And then when he found him, like Smith was like going through his fucking like, like dressers and shit in his room. Like Smith was just going to steal shit from Brett. <laughs> fucking family's crazy. Owen was the only sane one. No, I'll, I'll, you know and, what though? I say it, Helen was pretty sane too, because like if you watch her in uh, wrestling with Shadow. She's pretty nuts. She didn't leave. But she's like, she's like, <laughs> I asked him, was like, how long are we going to be in this? He's like, oh, only a couple of years. He's like, well, I don't want any of the kids marrying wrestlers. He's like, she's like, oh, God, they all marry wrestlers. They all became wrestlers. Like, oh, hell, I'm sorry. And I'm not saying and- that Helen wasn't a great lady. And I'm not saying that the Hart family wasn't cool as shit. Right. I love the same people. And the same people make the world go around. And they're great. But that fucking family <laughs> is nuts, man. Nuts. Can, can we just appreciate real quick how ridiculously strong they're making this sharpshooter look? Oh, yeah, I was just about to say. We have um, 43 backstage people trying to pull Brett. And he's, there's fucking Bruce. There's the other thing. Not, how is he not some kind of pit bull moniker after this because of how bad he locked in? And that's the other thing, too. Like, Brett talks about this in his book. That when they were doing this, at the time, Lawler had a lot of heat at this time. There were a lot of people who didn't like him. And when the when the officials were trying to, like, pull Brett off of Lawler, he said they were pushing him. <laughs> like, like, Patterson and, and Strongbow and shit were, like, pushing on Brett to angle more on fucking Lawler's back. 
Waller was Waller wasn't the most popular guy in like 92, 93 when he like now he's a beloved guy. But 92, 93, he wasn't well, very well, welcome. There. Well, there were a lot of guys on the roster too that he paid in peanuts. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. He know. wasn't he wasn't the most popular guy when he got there. Well, is that Jim Barnett? Like, that's not Jim Barnett in the ring, is it? Uh, think about uh behind Owen. I think it was. Think about uh oh, my Warrior when he gets locked in the, the airtight coffin. When he gets locked in that airtight coffin, they mm-hmm. beat the shit out of that thing with sledgehammers. Can you imagine what it sounded like inside that thing? I'm sure they did, because fuck oh, him. Oh man. <laughs> it was the Xbox shit in, in Lawler's crown. You know what the best thing about Jim Helwig is? His merchandise. Other than that, he was a piece of shit. Uh, terrible wrestler. He had two good matches in his whole career. Thank you, Hogan. Thank you, Savage. Um, he seemed like a good dad, and he seemed like he made beautiful girls. And Nate, Nate you know, said as a wrestler. And as a person, because he was a piece of shit, racist, no good, lousy human being. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. You know, he was probably a wonderful family man, but so is probably David. <laughs> yeah, Bruce so is Paul. Fucking guy, man. <laughs> Sorry, I went fucking off. Guy's trying to do no, everything he wants. Fuck Bruce Hart. <laughs> Aaron, I feel like you're holding back. You still have how you really feel about Bruce Hart. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he, he thought not, about it for a minute. He was like... Hmm, to elaborate. Look at Owen's boots. Look at Owen's boots. WrestleMania uh, 26. 26. He fucking had to be the center of attention for Brett versus Vince. Yeah, yeah. Of course nobody he did. knows who you are, and nobody gives a shit, Bruce. <laughs> Go back to the Aldi's or wherever you fucking work. <laughs> I just love how absolutely drenched he got from that bucket, though. Like, even all this time. Because, can we also point out what would happen today if the aftermatch fiasco lasted this long as opposed to the match that it followed? People would be having a conniption fit. Well, because every crowd, match, they are loving oh, it. There's, there's Ludwig, Ludwig Morga. As a lumberjack? No, he's telling everybody about how American police, how are disgusting not, they are. Why don't you tie have shoelaces in your boots, Ludwig? That makes no sense. He's talking about how gross America is, and and everything I've been, ever read about this guy, he was a he was a crummy. Human being too. It okay, looks like it. But I was actually, like, I was actually a Ludwig Borga fan as a character. The Ludwig Borga character I, when it first started yeah. was really cool, actually. And when it comes back to the bar right now, if I walked up to my local neighborhood bar, this is what I would see right here. But yeah. Lud- the, the Ludwig Borga, you gotta say it that way. The Ludwig Borga. Character was pretty cool, with the stupid rings and everything. He straight looks he like he rated environmentalist. <laughs> he he looks like he straight rated like a real man man's wardrobe. 
Well, this was before that, but I just love, I, I liked the big boar guy. Can't explain why, I just did. Well, I mean, oh. I get oh. I get the gimmick and every, oh, God. Oh, this is, this is going to be a fun match. This match is going to be a killer. I, I just, Chattahoochee is the new word, apparently. Is it? <laughs> Well, you know, if you check it, there's there's things there. Is that maybe where the murder not... went down was Chattahoochee? Yeah. Didn't you see his thing? He was like, maybe if they had to check Chattahoochee. And I was like, people are saying, were you just tweaking and listening to some Alan Jackson decided to come up with this shit? I really hope that's what happened. There he is, Ludwig Mordergott. <laughs> who's dead also. Maybe Luger, Maybe 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 he didn't shoot himself. Maybe it was Marty Gennetti. He was upset about this finish. And see, looks, I guess what's bugging me is... Speaking of finish, is, that's what Ludwig Borga is. He's finished. We see, where, we see where Brock Lesnar got his look from. Well, I guess what I'm looking at is back at this time, you know, they were so live the gimmick, everything else. And his gimmick and the way he is in the ring and everything else, that promo of... The, the Seattle plaid and every, it just, it was off to me. I get it, but he also didn't hear the context of it. You know? Yeah, but basically, you know I guess I'm just looking just... at, I'm just looking at that time period. They were so adamant of kayfabe was still a thing and they were so, you know, live your gimmick. And you look at the gimmick and then you look at that promo piece, it is like, almost two separate characters. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I can see why this guy was a flop. Yep. Like I said, the guy was across the board a horrible person, but I liked, I liked the gimmick. I liked the character. And I didn't mind looking for that. Well, this match is weird. Like I don't know why this match is here. This is some. I don't understand it. What does that sign say? What hate section? <laughs> huh? Ludwig's hate section. <laughs> Well, I think this match jumped the shark, guys. The thing is, they've got him looking like an impressive monster, but he's he was an impressive monster. He was just, like I said, a bad person. He's too boisterous about it. I don't... Like okay, let's ask Nate. Nate, I, I've been shouted down, buddy. About what? Not the person. Not the person. Not the work. Hey, it worked. The character. <laughs> the character, Ludwig Borka. Yay or nay? Yay. That's what I said. 
The character was great. A badass environmentalist. Shitty human being. However, when he says, you call this the land of milk and honey, where I'm standing, it just sounds funny. Or it just smells funny. That's funny. That sounds funny. Um, I... I liked I liked the gimmick, but I was also like back in the day. I was always a fan of the foreign menace gimmick. Um, and granted, nowadays it would be dated. It's very dated now. The fact that they're doing those goddamn ninjas in the WWE, which is just absolutely garbage. But now, but back then, the foreign the foreign menace was an effective heel. It was simple. It was you know you didn't have to do a whole lot of work to get the gimmick. There's and he did he, he did yeah. an effective job, and he looked like a monster, and he had a problem. good. Here's the problem: you have I'm a foreign lot. menace. You have a foreign menace who is your world champion, right? So, and but so I mean, have... in their defense, in their defense, the WWF was always a foreign menace territory, and I understand that. But the fact is that when you have somebody like Yokozuna who looks like him and is the champion. I mean, it just points out the flaws that much more of Ludwig Borga. Because people are like, oh. I just think kind, of off, kind of off, kind of off topic. Kind of uh, not off topic. It's still on Borga, but just a little side note. They should have just called they should have just called his finishing move the finish. <laughs> Sorry, it's a terrible joke, but it was dumb. But it was alright. This is why I, it was a good this attempt. Is why every time it, I see a fucked up dad ain't, joke, ain't, I post ain't, it and tag you. Ain't that joke, that joke was cute. What? That was a cute joke. <laughs> oh, thank you. This match has gone five minutes too long. That joke smelled. That joke smelled like, funny. That joke was a ba- a baby hamster. <laughs> I just. I also told these guys that watching this match now, I think that maybe Ludwig didn't commit suicide. Maybe <clears throat> Marty was just upset about the finish. <laughs> Ludwig's in a dumpster somewhere. And he killed him. Because <laughs> Marty Janetti killed a guy. And threw, him the, and threw him in the Tallahassee River. No, the Chattahoochee. The Chattahoochee. Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. That's what I said. People are going, I hope he just got really bad drugs and was listening to Alan Jackson was like, you know what? <laughs> like a beer mid. Yeah, He's like, way down, way, down, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, my drug dealer tried to play the hoochie coochie. <laughs> I think the best meme I've seen about it so far, someone used the Ron Burgundy thing and it was like, Marty Janetti killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, Marty had a trident. Yeah, I think, <laughs> Marty killed him with a trident. That escalated. Marty, you might want to lay low for a little while. Oh, I'm going to get Marty, Marty, man, party. <laughs> oh, that one's over. Luger, or Luger, Ludwig won. That's the, that's the really scary part, was this was leading to a Ludwig Borgel-Lex Luger singles match. Oh, we got a promo here for Survivor Series. Back when Survivor Series was Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. What is it now? It's just another pay-per-view now. There's nothing special about it. There's Bobo. 
Guys, remember back in the day, Survivor Series, Can the I just whole say that thing was the elimination matches. Now you get one. One. Can yeah. I just say? Can I just say this? Audio or no? When Bobby Hina comes on my TV, or my screen, the fucking like I don't know what he's saying, but I know it's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know it's just fantastic. Just the face he gave Vince made me smile. Like whatever he's saying, man. That that's the. That's the funniest dude to ever live. And the he fact actually... that... And, and the sad part is that... And I shouldn't say the sad part because I love professional wrestling. It's my favorite thing in the world. The sad part is that he was in professional wrestling. So there's all these people that will either just discount it and never see it or not even know, you know what I mean, how mm-hmm. fucking funny that guy was. Well, no, he was fantastic. Even after everything happened with the throat cancer and stuff, and he couldn't talk, he was still fucking funny. Yeah. Oh, people, like people would say, th- they said people would say things to him at like at like conventions and shit, and he'd just be like, he's got like one of my favorite memories. Um, I went to it was the Heroes and Legends that you guys went to. I went there when he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was post-cancer, the surgery and everything, where he was really bad off. And Nikolai was on the show, too. And Nikolai got there late. Bobby was at his table doing meet and greets and everything, and Nikolai came up and he had a manila envelope and he took it out. I have a picture of it saved, but he took a picture out of this manila envelope. It was a picture of Bobby and him in the ring. And Bobby... Because of how bad he was at the time, he was real frail and everything, but he still shot up out of the chair and just smiled as best he could. He was pointing at the picture and just hugged Nikolai, and I got a picture of it. Mm-hmm. It was just seeing the two legends like that light up, seeing each right. other. and two old, two old friends. And then seeing them reminisce over that like they did. Mm-hmm. If you were a wrestling fan whatsoever and you've seen that, and you didn't like borderline well up or just get the overall warmth through your body of happiness fuck you choose a different thing to be a fan of <laughs> right exactly yes because <laughs> like there's i mean his wife was with him his wife was with him and when he got up like that she freaked out and he was waving her off and pointing like shut up woman it's nikolai it's, it's right I'm fine <laughs> there's a there's a video of him can't remember who he's with, but he's talking about his book. And he's talking about Matilda. And the one guy says something along the lines of like, oh, didn't Matilda bite you? And like, you know, he, he all he can do is mumble or whatever. And like, he, he mumbles out, no, she fucking humped me. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes the fucking, he makes the motion like, it's like, oh, he still has fucking sense of humor, even... Those of you listening to the audio of the show, we're, we're now currently heading into the Undertaker Giant Gonzalez debacle. Poor Undertaker. They put him through so much. They put him through so much over the years. But I just want to, one more Bobby Heenan thing. Because uh, Chris mentioned the wife. One of my favorite lines in his Hall of Fame speech is when he mentions his wife. And the crowd cheers, and he goes, no, 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 you haven't had the meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Speaking of wives, uh, 
when I found out that uh, Harley Race's wife's name isn't really BJ, <laughs> like it was like no, he he calls well, her BJ. Hey, it's a furless singlet. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, he, like her name isn't really BJ. They asked her like, why do you call her BJ? He's like, because that's what she's the only thing she's good at. Like, oh, Harley. Harley. Oh, Harley. <laughs> uh, so can okay, we talk random about- random question? I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking I'm looking at this right now. Who was in the back? I'm I'm just going to pretend it wasn't Vince because we can't blame him for everything. <laughs> Who was looking at this big menacing monster oh. in this atrociously already airbrushed bodysuit and went we should add some faux fur <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't look stupid enough <laughs> who the sad thing is who thought it was a good idea who encouraged that it was a good idea and then who was like who suggested to take it to the final say to get it approved that is like I a am whole going... of what the fuck that is something that I will blame. I bet it was a Bruce Pritchard thing. I'm just going to blame Pritchard for that one. But man, they did Undertaker dirty a lot back in the 90s, didn't they? Like that poor guy. They, he here, just, here, here's the thing, though. Like, who, especially at this time when he is a face, who do you have him fucking fight? I mean that's the problem. It's like you can't. If he's a good guy, it's like you gotta, gotta do something. You can't. I I, 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 I what sad. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I see what you're saying, Kyle. But man, it was like every time some guy who was a sh- big shitty worker came into that company, well, who's he gonna feud with? Yeah, just give him the Undertaker. Ugh. Yeah, because like I, I said, if he's big, it's like you have to put the other. If he's a baby face, you got to put him in Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. It... No wonder the guy has you know multiple injuries now that he's God. he's nursing through his life because he had to work through all this crap. Um, the thing that freaked me out the other day, a couple or actually a couple weeks ago, um. Looking at how ragged Taker looks, to realize that Billy Gunn is older than The Undertaker. <laughs> right? <laughs> I realized that and I was like, oh my god, he has been through hell and back. Because he never had to be in a program with Kamala and Giant Gonzalez and King Kong Bundy and and Great Kali and. <laughs> and let's be honest here. I'm willing to bet, put money on the fact that Billy Gunn's had work done. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, he seems like the kind of guy that would do that. And, He's an and, ass man. I mean, and and as far as this feud goes, I I feel bad because, in my opinion. His WrestleMania match with him is one of Undertaker's coolest early entrances to the ring. Yes. Yes. For that was, match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. It was like his first he comes it was out his first and has that bolt or has the vulture or whatever and you're like, 
Oh, this is all damn shit. <laughs> we talk shit about it, but in 1993, I'm sure this is one of the things that sold this fucking pay-per-view. Well, and that is a testament to <clears throat> that's a testament to Mark and the gimmick. And I mean, let's be honest. People can say what they want about him and and I sometimes I don't understand why but and, and it's not it's not a point of contention. It'll take me a lot of time to explain it. I have no idea why I ever see anybody shit on the Undertaker on the internet other than to be a troll. Now, and that being said, what I what I'm what I'm getting at is he took what should have been one of those Isaac Yankum doink. This is going to last for about a year. Gimmicks. We're going to let it run its course. And and you know that was that you obviously that was their original intention. Their original intention was to build that character to do that program with Hogan, and then he was probably intended to be away. And he turned that gimmick. He turned that gimmick. Yeah, he turned that gimmick into. I mean, can we can we can we say it's the greatest gimmick ever? I mean, because Hogan, well, Hogan isn't necessarily a gimmick. Let me say that. Let let me let me say this. Um, Scott Levy is. One of one of the greatest minds in wrestling, right? Yes. Okay. I saw an interview with him, and he said the the two greatest characters ever in professional like characters ever in professional wrestling are um, the Undertaker and the Big Boss Man. Yeah. Like it's two characters that shouldn't have got over and shouldn't have had any fucking longevity, and those two guys took those characters and made them. Now exactly, you know what I mean. It's the testament to the guy behind it, and that's that's kind of the point I was making to to, and I know we talked about oh, him father, as a person. Up Harvey Whippleman. That's I know we talked about him negatively as a person, but that's kind of the point I was trying to make about Doink with Matt Bourne too. You had Matt Bourne as Doink. He embraced it. He 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 built it into something that you would never think it would have been as a wrestling clown. And the minute they put anybody else under the makeup, it became a goofy, stupid, boring clown gimmick. When you watch Matt Bourne in the gimmick, it's not that. It's a psycho guy. He doesn't even... I don't even think... Of, I, I mean, yes, he's in the clown suit and he's doink the clown, but when I watch Matt Bourne portray the character, I think of it as a psycho guy dressed as a clown, not a wrestling clown. If what I'm saying makes sense. No, it does. And you know what? And we, same, could talk, we could shit talk this match all we want, but the fact is that this match... Oh, the match is terrible. <laughs> but but, the fact, but all this match was... All this match was... was Build up for Paul Beer to get that urn back and see Undertaker sit up. Yeah, it's an attraction. And, and and I know we were talking about him working Kamala, you know, but mm-hmm. Undertaker, like Mark Calloway, the guy, owes a lot to Kamala. Like Kamala got babyface Undertaker 
over. I think Jake got babyface Undertaker. Oh, over. Kamala did because because Jake Jake wasn't afraid of the Undertaker. Kamala was petrified. Oh God, you're right. <laughs> like 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 Kamala doesn't get it. Like Kamala, the guy doesn't get enough credit for like he he sucked in the ring. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't get enough credit for a guy that worked his gimmick fantastic and everything. But like Kamala got the babyface Undertaker over, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, Aaron. I'm laughing at Giant Gonzalez selling. This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> he looked like me when I wake up at five in the morning and I had too many beers the night before. <laughs> and Moody's like, yes, this is over. We're so going typical, home now. This so is your done. typical Friday morning? <laughs> yeah, my, t- my typical, yeah, typical truck day, yeah. <laughs> uh, and And how... How perfect! How perfect were William Moody and fucking Mark Calloway together? Yep, that's one well, thing. Un- that, Undertaker that was, was always, the, Undertaker was always great, but he was never as good without fucking Paul Bear. That was that was one thing I thought. I, honestly, I've said that in the past though. I don't think the Undertaker gimmick ever would have gotten over if it wasn't for Moody. Mm-mm. No, yeah, he brought an, an element to it that. And that, that's one thing that I think was, um, and I don't know. I don't know if it was intentional or if it was just we have so much content, we have to leave every some things out or whatever. One thing that I think, it, with the Last Ride documentary, if that's the first time we're going to let see Mark be Mark, I didn't think there was enough reflection on his relationship with, with, with Paul Bearer. Um, I thought that was missing. Like, if I'm finally going to see him as a human, I want to hear him talk about his friend a little bit, you know. And yeah, and maybe, I, there, and again, it, maybe it, there was some was of that. Maybe there was some of that that fell on the cutting room floor. I don't know. It was probably because his, his friend wasn't there. That's the other part of it. His friend's, friend wasn't what? Alive? His friend wasn't, yeah, like, William Moody wasn't there to talk about it. Oh, oh. Harvey's getting his ass handed to him. Yeah, now we're going to try to turn this fucking joke face. Man, Gonzalez, and, and I'm not talking about the man. I'm sure Giant Gonzalez is a perfectly good human being, but he had never belonged in a wrestling ring, let's be honest. <laughs> one, of, one of the coolest stories is that fucking um, Harvey Whippleman, downtown Bruno, whatever you want to call him, Bruno Lauer. Did you know? I, I you guys probably do know because you listen to the podcast and shit. He sent like twenty five percent of his checks that he would get. He would send them to Giant Gonzalez mm-hmm. because Giant Gonzalez was at home and had no money and was just destitute. Basically, had nothing. And fucking Harvey Whippleman would just send. Giant Gonzalez money so he could feed his family and shit. And and Bruce was like, fucking Bruno wasn't making shit. He was still <laughs> sending 25% of his check, basically, to fucking Giant Gonzalez. Good human being. Yep. So those of you listening to the audio on the screen right now, we got Jimmy Cornette cutting a promo talking about the WWF champion Yokozuna. One of our uh, 
frequent co-host on the show, Mr. David Gold of the Asylum, one of the few guys that I know in in my circle that did not like Yokozuna as the WWF champion. David does not think Yoko was a good champion. Pretty I think wrong. for this time he is, and 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 the reason I always say that when he and I he and I debate about it is, especially with the WWF. I mean, until this point. Yeah, you can talk about the superstar Billy Graham run. No, I mean maybe maybe that was the only other one, but overall WWF uh, until, I mean what like maybe ninety, shit I don't even know they were a, they were a babyface champion company a babyface champion territory, and Yokozuna in my time in my generation growing up. He was the first guy I'd ever seen in the WWF to be a long-term heel champion. I mean, Flair was only champion for, what, three months total? Three, four months? Yokozuna was a heel champion, and he was an effective heel champion. For like a year. Other than, I mean, maybe he didn't draw. I mean, we, that can be argued. He didn't draw. But for me, watching on but TV. This time. Right. But for me, yeah, again, for me watching on TV, I thought he was a great, effective heel world champion. And the combination of Yoko, Cornette, and Fuji, to me, was fantastic. And here come the smoking guns. Speaking of Billy... (laughs) <laughs> oh, Billy! Good tag team. Um, honestly, fucking Bart is underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Nate? I'm Bart's thinking about underrated. the pro. I'm, I'm thinking about the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500 back then, and there was that guy that wrestled on the Indies. And he wore like the whole smoking guns outfit and everything, and his name was Billy Bart. <laughs> it's like what a fucking ripoff! <laughs> he just took their names and made it into a name and stole their gimmick. But anyway, and here comes oh look, it's cowboys and Indians. You couldn't do this today. Here comes Tatanka, another underrated star. I was a Tatanka mark back in the day, guys. Totally a Tatanka mark. They missed the boat. He should have feuded with. He should have feuded with IRS. He did feud with IRS. It wasn't the right way, though. IRS <laughs> stole his fucking headdress and said, "You owe the IRS." Which it headdress? wasn't the right way. <laughs> it wasn't the right way. <laughs> oh man! Bobby Heenan right now is probably like Tonka truck. <laughs> you know this match is going to be some hard hitting shit. Here come the Head Shrinkers and Bam Bam Bigelow. Jesus Christ with Luna Vachon <laughs> with and with Alpha. Luna Vachon and yeah out of the five out of the five burgers. The question on this one, and we're switching to Jr. and Gorilla to call commentary on this one. from Radio WWF. We never got Radio WWF in our area back then. No, of course not. (laughs) 
Why would never we? even got the on demand either? <laughs> Nate and I stole pay per views with our tunable TV. We sure did. We had to watch it in black and white, and it was kind of fuzzy. But you could tune that little fucking TV and same with porn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch that with you. <laughs> Not with me. No. All right, so we got some freezing on the stream here. Let me see if I can get this back going. We are really, you know, testing the waters of the internet here with this episode of the show. I've never tried this before, so. But anyway, Bam Bam's going to get a big push later on in his career and face uh, Lawrence Taylor and then be completely fucked over by the click. <laughs> Let's be honest. Then end up in ECW and then WCW. Yes. That's it. That's it, folks. <laughs> That's it. Oh, he was in major pain. I was going to say, when, when was the major pain during all this? I forgot about him being in major pain. That's okay. What if he did too? <laughs> Nate, fix your shit, here. buddy. Way to go, Nate. That's why we can't have nice shit. Hey, look. Hey, if guys. It's to the audio, we started the, over. The smoking guns are coming out. Hey, oh look. It's goodness. the smoking guns. Who knew that was going to happen? Hey, there was this guy named Billy Bart. (laughs) (laughs) Who are they teaming with? I wonder. Oh, God, I can't remember. If you really need to see an Indian with cowboys, I think. I mean, that would just be an awesome idea. Yeah, I don't know. It seems kind of racist. If it's Indians, I'm leaving. Oh, bring the people back. You're gonna leave. <laughs> Damn it! You stole my joke. <laughs> I like turtles. Uh, <laughs> Kyle's blanket is turtly enough for the turtle club. Yeah. Turtle, turtle. <laughs> you know who really likes Kyle's blanket? Darby <laughs> Allen. Okay, who else likes it? Me. I I love the fact that Kyle said he's leaving and Nate did. <laughs> <laughs> And Nate's shit froze. Uh, some brony shit going on, guys. <laughs> some mud show outlaw <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Oh, oh, something oh, went wrong. wrong. <laughs> no shit. Oh, no. Oh, it's <laughs> off the rails, guys. We're fucked. Nate. <laughs> something went wrong. <laughs> this is what happens when we're left unsupervised. Shit just breaks. <laughs> So Maybe I if think you didn't what's have wrong. Browsers open. That would probably help. 
Hey, Nate, <laughs> I, I think I know what went wrong. Yeah. Something. You have two browsers and multiple windows open. Something went wrong. And I have a feeling your computer is not made to handle that kind of shit. Uh, something went wrong. Something went wrong. Hey, I said from the beginning that this was a... Yeah. Had never done this before. We were going to see how it worked out. And what did we learn? Don't Sometimes. Up and go away from the computer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. That was really loud in my ear. This, uh. So there's the Smoking Guns Bam Bam Bigelow fuck fest here going on. This thing better be really good. You know it's not. <laughs> when the podcast happens, this is going to sound as like smooth as a fucking baby's ass, but right now it's a fucking goddamn train wreck. <laughs> Something still went wrong. Well, fuck. Check your internet connection. He's still here, so I don't know if it's that. No, it's not that. They didn't pay us. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually surprised that uh, that Facebook has let us go this long. To be honest, I was expecting to be kicked off. We were kicked off at of YouTube like thirty minutes in. <laughs> YouTube sent me an email like <laughs> were we infringing trademark stuff or whatever? Yeah, Copyright? that's what Yeah, YouTube was like, "Hey, you uh, uh Vince McMahon hates your stinking guts even though you're paying him for his fucking network." We're skipping the Smoking Guns match. So that was a great Smoking Guns. That was uh, fantastic. Does anyone remember a six who man won? Tag. Um the the he, the baby faces one. Why are we talking? Why is he talking to Hank Carter? Hank Carter, the driver of the Lex Express. Well, I, I don't know if I'm going to edit that out of the audio or not. We had Lex some... Luger. <laughs> and I'll wear this goddamn shirt. That guy. That guy was ahead of his time. That guy was ahead of his time, though. Because I mean, voted, he voted for Trump in '93. He, he yeah, he was MAGA before MAGA. But anyway. Think of his payday just to drive a bus around, though. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got so much poon off this bus. You can't <laughs> even like <laughs> And then think about how much money he's getting right now to act like it was great. It was fantastic, Joe. It was great to drive Lex Luger around the... I mean, he, he threw me out the bus and pissed on me one night, but it was great <laughs> to drive him around the United States. <laughs> I, I, I peeled his shrimp. And I, and I fucked his broads. It was fantastic. <laughs> this guy, he's like fucking broads. He's peeling shrimp. Back to you, Todd. 
Hey, look here at this I am guy. This fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, hey, how much meth have you? How, hey, how much meth have you smoked tonight? All of it. All of it. <laughs> All of it. All of it. I just I started because I dropped my teeth. Look at me, Vince. For those of you listening to the audio, we are at 208. <laughs> 58 on the podcast, the audio podcast. It doesn't matter at this point. We bring up Beth and Nate suddenly gets professional. I <laughs> 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 can only imagine what Bobby Heenan was saying about that guy. <laughs> that guy, I heard, is a big. Bobby's like, I heard that's a great friend of Matt Bourne. I mean, doink. With the man such. I just love Bobby's face whenever Vince's mouth opens like, God damn it, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love his laughing face there. <laughs> you know he made a snide remark. Guys, we're live at the Palace of Auburn Hills. And, oh, look, oh, I think Aaron Neville's about to come out. Oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh that's right. They're going to do the dueling anthems. Yes. This executive, this executive from Sony is going to sing the Japanese national anthem. Is that Charlie Men? <laughs> Another deep cut. We've had a couple deep cuts tonight. Charlie Min. Seven people listening to this show knew who the fuck Charlie Min was. No, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The the hosts. The hosts of the show knew who Charlie Min was. Two of them. Look at all these. Back then, we were like, it's it's funny how America. Like now, we're like we respect the national anthem of every country. Back then, we were like, "Yeah, (laughs) here to sing the Japanese national anthem." Oh, what is it? Ping pong, ching chong, ting ting ting. Go fold my clothes. Go fold my clothes, asshole. In nineteen ninety-three, I guarantee you, if we were to fucking go now and play the Japanese national anthem or anybody else, it'd be the same damn thing. (laughs) <laughs> Except you have Trump hats being waved instead of American flags. Look how happy he was. <laughs> Charlie Mann was proud of himself. He should have been. He's probably like, this is bullshit. I was singing the Japanese national anthem for a guy who's Samoan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's I you know what I think's bullshit about this show, guys? Oh, there he is. Summer this watch party. No, the show, <laughs> I think it's bullshit that um, the guns and Tataka versus uh, the head shrinkers <laughs> and Bam Bam got bumped. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm the 10 man tag at WrestleMania 10. I'm constrained. Well, here's what I don't get. Like, you just had the Japanese national anthem, and now here comes Macho Man. Dressed in red, white, and blue. What's more America than fucking Macho Man and Aaron yeah, Neville? Why would you, why would, if you just sing the Japanese national anthem, why don't you have 
Yokozuna come out. And then I'm gonna need you, know, you to. Bear. I'm gonna need you to shut the fuck up with your logic thinking over there. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm saying what we're all thinking. None of us were thinking it because we're too enamored at the patriotic glory that is Macho Man and Aaron Neville. Look, I'm sure. I swear to God. I, I swear to God. I swear. I swear to God, Kyle. I swear to God, Kyle. If you besmirch the good goddamn name of Randy Savage, you're fired. <laughs> I'm gonna search. I'm gonna search the name of. of uh, and goddamn if you besmirch the, if you if you besmirch Canadian tuxedo, if you besmirch the medium goddamn name of Aaron Neville and his Canadian tuxedo, best thing that ever happened, or best thing in wrestling ever with Aaron Neville is with Bobby Heenan at that pay per view, when Aaron Neville's sitting like he's sitting like twenty feet from the announce table. Oh, that and, stampede! And, yeah, and Heenan's talking shit about Aaron Neville, and. uh uh, is is he with Shivani? Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. And then, then Shivani's like, "You mean uh, Aaron Neville sitting right over there?" And Bobby's like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> really like his music." <laughs> yeah, Bobby tried to say it was him singing he's it. Bit, he's a big fella. <laughs> Randy's outfit sponsored by Zubaz. <laughs> and Aaron Neville's Aaron Neville's bracelet bought earlier that day from a guy on the street, apparently. No, he's somebody should, somebody should Aaron, talk to Aaron Neville about his cancerous growth. Aaron, I was going to say Aaron Neville's mole was actually the thing that sung. He just took the credit for it. That's Eric Neville. His Indian eye is <laughs> fucking off center. <laughs> Guys, shut up. They're singing a national anthem. Oh, now Damn, Kyle. patriotic. Kyle gets drunk and he becomes the fucking boss around here. <laughs> what did he say? I didn't even listen to him. He told us to shut the fuck up, you fucking fucks. I think that was his exact words. Kyle, I'm going to be quiet and drink your Jack Daniels Kool Aid. I've I've seen a lot hey. of people. I've seen a lot of people with lazy eyes, but I've never seen a person with a lazy mole. Arch, Archie Mitchell is commenting. Kyle Army is saying exactly what I'm thinking, and then he said, "Aaron Neville's mole is more o- Aaron Neville's mole is more over than Adrian Neville." <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Adrian Neville's dead, so. <laughs> Adrian Neville died. Pac? <laughs> His career. Pac now. <laughs> Damn, Pac. You gone too soon. <laughs> Adrian Neville died when he got to the main roster. Remember, you're not, you're not allowed to have two names when you work for Vincent Mann. He was, the, fir- he was the first one they gave that terrible purple belt to, wasn't he? How the fuck is that the one pock that dies is fucking Adrian Neville. No, two pocks died. I mean, two pock died too. When the two other pocks did everything. Two pox? That was my joke. Shut up. <laughs> here we go. This is a trifecta of fantabulous right here. Yes, sir. Yokozuna, Mr. Fuji, and Jim Cornette. There's no way you go wrong. 
in this can entire you imagine that? Can you imagine that conversation right before they went out with Vince? <laughs> can, can we just appreciate the fact that Cornette is wearing a red shirt and red pants to where it looks like he's wearing a jumper under his blazer? <laughs> <laughs> Never noticed it before, but now I can't unsee it. <laughs> Uh, this is the weirdest main event. It wasn't until the end. That's what I'm saying. Like, Archie, to answer your question, I'd have to be Chris because Wood is not PC enough for um, a publicly traded company. <laughs> Archie asked, for those of you listening to the audio, so if Christopher Wood worked for Vince McMahon, would he be Chris or Wood? And like I they said, I'd have to be Chris because, no, I would get some weird fucked up last name and go by that. Mm-hmm. Archie, you know what I would You'd be, be like Christ- Christopher Sabatelli or something like that. No, 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 no. No, Sabatelli's with AEW. Your, your first name is Bossel. Balsam? Bossel. Balsam. Bossel. And they give, and they give me a yeah the, I the only, I'd be the one to keep my last name because they'd give me a valet and name her Holly. Yeah, it'd be Bossel oh. and Hollywood. You know what my name would be? It'd be Fat. It'd be it'd be another okay because it'd be uh, ominous Kyle. Archie is voting for Chris's name to be Big Wood. Yeah, well, I'm not coming to there with fucking bears and being a lumberjack, so get, get over it. <laughs> oh, like they would make you a lumberjack if your name was Big Wood. Vince would do that. That way they could, you know, deter from the other mentality since, you know, PG. Watch a man scooping some more heat. Oh, you'd be on, you'd be on Raw Underground is what you'd be on. No, they'd give him some. Sh- they'd give him some shitty gimmick where his name, his last name, would be spelled W O U L D. They'd figure something out with that. Here comes this Lex Luger to fail. Everybody this show's gone off the fucking rails, but that's okay because this is a terrible main event anyway. It wasn't though. Like I, I'm, I'm doing that, but at this very time, up until this very point. This main event was booked the way you book an, a, a patriotic baby face against a heel menace. And a bus. With a bus. <laughs> yeah, everybody said bus at the same time, I think, but with a bus. Did I just hear a bus? <laughs> that was Luger. I didn't see any Pittsburgh Steelers. That was Luger. If you hear a humming now, that's his... Uh... It's this thing letting him down out so he can come and talk to us. And just think, if Vince would have had his way, Yoko was supposed to be going without the tights. He wanted him big ass like Kishi. Yes, yes he did. Oof. (laughs) Like, and then he wanted to... but yeah, he went. He wanted to put that on Saturday mornings. We were children, for God's sake. 
<laughs> Damn, Vince. Damn. He didn't get his way until Kishi came along. He was like, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> it's time. People are ready for it, pal. But can you imagine Rodney at his biggest wearing it no tights? Man. With his ass would, going down to been, the back of his kneecap? No. <laughs> That's coming disgusting. Out on a fucking, coming out on a mark cart? Yeah. <laughs> So, bitching at me because there ain't no fucking goddamn Pringles on the shelf. I bet you would be wearing Crocs. How often is the big fat guy the better worker in a match? Let's be honest. Anytime I'm in there. Like, for anything anybody ever wants to hate on Yoko for, for his size... Was the was there ever a better worker pound for pound for his size than him? Even Andre. I feel pound for pound was a fat joke. It, it might have been. <laughs> but Maybe. even Andre, because Andre Andre's best work, like actual bell to bell in ring work, he wasn't even even though he was being billed as over four hundred pounds, he wasn't over four hundred pounds. Um later. But I, I don't even know if Vader was in that. Is he in that weight class though? Like Vader to me is more in a Bam Bam weight class than a Yoko Andre weight class. Okay. Just you know, you get up over yeah, you just, get up over four fifty or five hundred pounds. Like Vader wasn't sloppy. I mean, it, no. And look at this guy move. I mean, it's well, it's no, I'm amazing. Not, I'm not saying his work is sloppy. If I'm I was his size, I would be in the Mark cart. Actually, if I was his size, I wouldn't leave my house, and I'd have my own TV show on Lifetime or whatever. Yeah, TLC. He's, like, he's like that fucking bitch on Gilbert Grape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David Gold. David Gold said King Mabel. David Gold. <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself, David Gold. King Mabel was a terrible worker. Archie Mitchell says, Yokozuna was the best thing to come out of Japan since the Sony Walk. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, God. And and David, David Gold is commenting, Yoko sucks. David, I don't know if you were watching a little bit ago. I talked about how you and I debate Yoko and how I think Yoko was amazing. Look at this fucking guy. There is a guy in the ring with Yokozuna right now that is, look at him. He's built. He's thin. He's he's in great shape. And he is he fucking right ass. He's ass. He is an ass worker, an ass talent, a terrible, terrible talent. And he is in the ring with Yoko, who literally, in this match, watch, works circles around him and makes him look good. Yoko makes Luger look good in this match. A testament to Yokozuna. One of the few things David Gold and I disagree on is Yoko. You know who was a really good uh, talent? Fat guy? <laughs> yeah, a really good fat guy, but... Hastings Dom DeLuise? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm drunk. The show's about to get great. 
<laughs> you know who wasn't a good? He's got the giggles. We're, we're fucked. Fatty Arbuckle. Fatty Arbuckle. That's an Aaron reference. Aaron should have brought him up. Yeah, Aaron's Fatty the one Ar- bringing. Yeah, Fatty you're the Arbuckle. one bringing up. You're the one bringing up motherfuckers from the twenties all the time. Fatty Arbuckle <laughs> killed a bitch with a coke bottle. Archie just said Luger's thrown more punches than any of Mike Tyson's opponents in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> you guys realize? Guess what, Fatty Archie? Ar- Luger hey. could throw a punch. Luger could throw a worked punch, but he couldn't hit it effectively. You guys realize that Fatty Arbuckle killed a chick in like the twenties with a coke yeah. bottle. But in all oh, fairness, so. when he finished with that Coke bottle, there was... Oh, there's cocaine. some cocaine. Some yeah, cocaine there was cocaine in that thrown. Coke bottle. Oh, yeah, in the ring. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Oh. Aaron went totally Ohio on us there. You know... Oh. Oh, <laughs> talk shit about. Did I really just say hope? Yeah, Kyle. Sorry, yes, Kyle. Yes, sir. I don't Sorry. talk. I don't talk shit about Lex Luger. I talk reality about Lex Luger. Fair he enough. had two. Good, he had two good years in his entire career, and it was because of Ric Flair and his music. He had badass entrance music in WCW. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Turtle likes Lex Luger so much. Why does Turtle like Lex Luger so much? <laughs> I, no, what I'm saying is that Archie, Lex he was 13. Was tell, tell me that people didn't come unglued when he slammed Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid. They were paid to do that, Kyle. Nah. I, I don't know. Ah. The, the, the best thing for me about the whole Intrepid story is the fact that that ring had been on the ship put up for days and the whole barefoot gimmick, he was freaking because his feet were on fire on the mat and Fuji was like, no, you, you, you sumo, you no need shoes. (laughs) He kicks him out right in front of him. (laughs) Oh. Fuji was straight like, fuck you, live your gimmick. <laughs> oh, Fuji. Oh, oh this is going to be bad. Oh. Is he? We'll never know. We'll never know. (laughs) Well. uh. You notice literally Nate leaves and the feed just gets worse every time. Yep. Like, now how is that going to take down Yokozuna? And why are you going to this top rope again? And to me, Yoko did like one of the best big guy stagger not fall cells. 
You know what I mean? How he always did like the classic, like, oh. And in a way that it could have been goofy and silly, he definitely did pull it off. Uber sucks. What a what a what a letdown of a main event. What without audio right there, Luger doing like the pump up on his knees almost looked like he was begging the crowd like, please cheer. Well, that's what he's doing. That's that's Luger's way of getting people to fucking acknowledge his shit. Is the arm pump? Yep. Well, and this is what's silly is like it's. And granted, I know I know why they did what they did, but this is all playing towards a Lex Luger title win. Like, the whole match is laid out for that. Because Vince had this heart on that Luger was going to replace Hogan. And, and I, the fan said, uh, negative, Ghost Rider. Why did, Luke, why did Yellow just fall down? He's yes. He didn't have a Snickers bar that caused him to pass out. Fucking terrible. Here we go. Yoko fucked that belly out. He means business now. Yep. And I think the thing that. Oh, and. Roger in Facebook chat said Luger was over. The ending of this match killed it all. Luger was over, but he wasn't over the way Vince wanted him over. No, and that's 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 really just... And I, I know I was shitting on Luger earlier, and I shit on Luger a lot because I'm not a big fan. But it's because Lex Luger had... I mean, you look at him. He has the look, but he never had... He didn't have the charisma that Hogan had. He didn't have the the drawing ability that Hogan had. Um, well, he didn't have the desire to be a wrestler that like Hogan did. He, he I mean, exactly. He was a he was a bodybuilder that got a different job because <coughs> the bodybuilder job flopped. And and also Hulk Hogan. Let's be fair. A lot of people shit on Hogan. But Hulk Hogan worked the way he worked in the WWF because, I mean, 
if you can go out there every night and not not work a style that kills your body and still be over and still draw crowds and still make a ton of money, why not? Um, because you watch his work in Japan. Hulk Hogan was a legit, a legit badass wrestler when he wanted to be. Hulk Hogan could work. Luger could not work. And, and the crazy thing that always blows my mind about Lex is that guy was in the business from 1986 until he killed Miss Elizabeth. Oh. And um, he never got good. He never, he never got good. Like, wow. and, and it's like, damn, you had like 14 years to not get good him. and you not never got focus. good. Not <laughs> yeah, not, not, by, not by anything. Not by accident. <laughs> and people tried. Uh, they tried, man. And I'm not going to take my statement back, by the way. Luger's going to be like, anyway. Marty Janetti did it. You just spoke in lag. What'd you say? I said Luger's going to blame Marty Janetti on it. I didn't. Mark did it. <laughs> Snooker did it. Oh, that's a whole nother episode. <clears throat> Yoko working the rest hold. Luger not even making that look believable. Like, ah, oh, yeah. God. Uh, oh. I'm... <laughs> oh, no, it's painful. Archie said Hogan had lust in his eyes for Liz. But Luger had, had angel, angel, dust. angel dust religion killed her. All right, Archie, you beat me. <laughs> yeah, I wish you were here. <laughs> For most controversial statement of the night. Uh, <laughs> we're not done yet. <laughs> Archie's at home bringing the heat. He gets a word for most controversial statement of hour two. Of hour two, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy on the outside of the ring that from the, the uh, Smark fans back in the day got a lot of shit on him and shouldn't have was Mr. Fuji. I always thought Fuji was effective as a as a as a manager at getting his talent over. And the guy was another one of those guys that just took his gimmick to the hilt. People people talk shit about Fuji? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm talking about well, you know, yeah. I'm talking about the newsletter people back in the day. You know, it's the same. It's the same fucking people that hated on Slick when that guy was entertaining as hell. Fuck your newsletter. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just. I mean, back in the day, there was. It was. The newsletter crowd was just. We hate the WWF. Why do you hate the WWF? We don't know. We just hate the WWF. Here's my problem with the newsletter. What have they ever contributed to pro wrestling? Name me one thing. Uh, Hate-mongering and drama. 
name me one positive thing they've ever. Oh, heard. you meant productive. My bad. Yeah, and that's why when we discussed last week when we went over the uh, the Pro Wrestling Torch Awards, I am. That's why I've always been like, as far as dirt sheets go, from back in the day, like getting it in the mail. Aaron knows he's. I got it in the mail every week. The Pro Wrestling Torch from the minute I could buy a dirt sheet. That's the one I got, and it's because I have always felt that Keller Keller was always a little, not always, but he was always a little more fair to, a fair balanced, more fair and balanced approach than Meltzer. Meltzer literally just sits there and hates Vince McMahon every day of his life. If it's not Vince, it's probably good. Keller showed compassion as a fan. Meltzer was the Bruce Hart of dirt sheets. Yeah. The, the dirt sheet people were going to sit there and tell you, like, oh, this person was the greatest pro wrestler ever. This person was the greatest pro wrestler ever. This person. Guess what? I hate to break your heart, guys, but the greatest pro wrestler ever is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Because we're not talking about amateur wrestling. We're not talking about, you know, in-ring competitors. What it means to be a pro wrestler is it means to be able to sell tickets, have a larger-than-life personality. Mm -hmm. Because guess what, guys? Being a pro wrestler isn't about the in-ring competition. Because if it was, then people like Dean Malenko would be the biggest fucking star in the world. There's a reason why Hulk Hogan... Bobby Eaton... Bobby Eaton would be wiping his ass with $100 bills if what you do from bell to bell is what made you a success in wrestling. Think about Steve Austin. You, you, Steve watch, Austin. you watch Bobby Eaton, watch a Bobby Eaton match and tell me it doesn't look real. You know exactly. what I mean? But the thing is, like with Steve Austin, Steve Austin prior to the neck injury was a great in-ring competitor. After the neck injury, he was uh, very comes to finish. Like- he was very limited in what he could do. And guess what? Steve Austin mm-hmm. got over more with the less that he did. Yeah, there's the finish. This monumental goddamn <laughs> pay-per-view. I'd like to I'd like to I'd like to bring up Aaron that you suggested this one for this. Can't always be <laughs> the right. funniest thing. The funniest thing about this episode was that WWE Network was like, you are not watching the Smoking Guns match. <laughs> something went wrong. <laughs> said something went wrong. <laughs> it wasn't this. It wasn't this main event. So this was supposed match. to be this was supposed to be Luger's crowning achievement. And he won by count out. And these look at these dirt fans. They're like, sell it. Look at the Steiners. Look at look at these people. They're celebrating. And Tatanka was there. <laughs> Why was Tatanka there? I know he never had a match on the card. I know, and he's dressed and everything. He looks sweaty. <laughs> Must have been jerking his dick. Oh my Run to the ring. It takes a lot out of you. <laughs> Like, 
Uh, the crowd's go, the crowd goes mild for Lex Luger, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure the fans are sitting there going like, "Well, why doesn't he have the belt?" Isn't this the most ridiculous celebration in wrestling history? Let's be honest. Good job, you won by countout in your world title match. We're all going to lift you up on our shoulders. It was it was like Vince. Vince booked, look at this. They booked everything. They bought the balloons. They had everybody stay to to do the celebration. And then, like, 17 minutes before the match was supposed to go out to the ring, Vince was like, Luger doesn't win the title. Change the finish, pal. It's just, it's one of the most ridiculous. Like, this show's not bad until you get to this match. Let's be honest. It was a good show. We enjoyed it, right? Yeah, I said I mean, the most effective thing on the show was Brett and Lawler. I would have enjoyed it more if we got to see Smoking Guns in action. I I I don't understand why they came out out to the ring twice, but they never wrestled. Oh, you need a hero. Yeah, oh, look at that. The Lex Express coming through the heat wave. I need a hero. That's why I'm saying, like, I'm almost convinced watching this show... That they literally made a last-minute decision not to put the belt on him because the the entire booking and production of the show. This would video let you right believe. now, this video right now, looks like the opening credits of like a USA like action show. Like <laughs> I'm expecting like Lorenzo Lamas to get out of the bus like he's on Renegade or whatever. There you go. There's the there's the deepest cut of the night. Lorenzo Lamas. Seven seven people know who Lorenzo Lamas is, and one of them is his mother. <laughs> Your mom doesn't count as a fan. <laughs> I didn't say she was a fan. I just said she knew who he was. <laughs> like that, that, that motherfucker. That intrepid. You can tell how hot that mat was because as soon as Yoko got body slammed, he was like, Damn, Oof. Yeah, yeah, he was like, Oof. <laughs> <laughs> like when my foot steps on a hot tar. Oof. <laughs> that, that was like stepping on Lego quickness. Look, there he is hugging the pillow. <laughs> yep. There's Luger sleeping on the bus. There's what? Luger's kids that he doesn't see anymore. <laughs> Luger, why are you shirtless with these kids? <laughs> yeah, the entire thing, the entire thing says Luger was supposed to win that night, and Vince made a last-minute decision that that was not going to happen. And Luger's like, hm, fucking Vince. You wait, that pal, kid. you wait until WCW comes. That calling. kid's reaction on that video was perfect for the end of the paper. You like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's more boring than Alex Express? Lex Luger at a baseball game. Oh, those pants. He's either shirtless or wearing a god-awful white turtleneck-looking shirt. 
<laughs> Those kids just want to go to school. Nobody's taking oh, them. Oh, man, that kid was intense. Yeah. Let's show you these these highlights from this match where we didn't deliver on our finish. Look at Luger. God. What a terrible outfit. The body slam. We're not going to show you the count out. That 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 segment where they uh, signed their contract and Luger was in that suit. Has there ever been a wrestling arena that looked hotter on TV? Like it looks so hot in that arena on TV. Like even some of those ECW shows. That episode of Raw. Why are we having a promo for this match? Like, (laughs) when it's over and they didn't deliver on. Look at this. It's like you didn't deliver on the finish, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put your video out there (sighs) because. So yeah, overall, I give this show actually seven Jeff Farmer yeps. This is a good show until the main event. Kyle. I'm going to give it seven as well. You know, when we watched WrestleMania a couple years ago, I think it was 32. Why is Tanaka in his town? What is going on? And it was Roman Reigns versus Triple H. And they had all that other stuff headed up before that. And we're like, if they would just stop it now. (laughs) Because that match... Whether it was or not, felt like the longest match in professional wrestling oh history. Oh my god, they're trying, to, they're trying to move into Ludwig Borger versus Lex Luger. Yeah, we've moved on. Jesus. The best way for this promo to go right now is if he just goes, Count out doesn't get you a belt. <laughs> He's like, Your bus, your bus did not work off vegetable oil. So it does not. Leave a good carbon footprint next to her. But I tell you this, if he dies, he dies. And this whole time, Yokozuna was laying out in the arena, because from what I understood, he laid out there for like 20 minutes to sell the sell the elbow. Call that the selbow, I guess. Well, somebody should have done their job. Well, wait, folks, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on. Let's not, let's not. They just showed Lex Luger in the back celebrating with everybody, and then they cut to them in the ring. Like what? <laughs> like, how in the hell are they all in the back? In Dallas, then they're, they're all in the ring. The back in the ring, still celebrating. Things were so bad, they couldn't even pay attention to their own. Uh, their own production at that point. No. They're just like, fuck it, get it out of here. Let's go. Let's... So I'm errors sorry, and all. The smoking guns the smoking guns not having a match and all. This will be episode one hundred and three of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Sorry everybody. To watch along. <laughs> so you're apologizing. Now what did you give the the pay per view out of out of ten Jeff Farmer yeps, how many did it get? Five. Oh. Chris? Sorry, guys. Uh, five and a half, just because the thought of going, yeah, makes me chuckle. <laughs> yep. No, not Anybody yet, that... yeah. and Chris and, and, and Chris likes a good five and a half. 
And he's just looking at you like, you motherfucker. <laughs> at this point, I'll take a three. Oh, my. <laughs> You'll take a turtle head and like it. You're right, I will, turtle. <laughs> Everything's the same. With uh, <laughs> oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> no. You don't have an active imagination. <laughs> Mark Coming from a guy that worked in the dark in a club for four years, nope, not everything's the same with the dark. Oh, Mark for edit. Your turtle, for fucking, for... your turtle fucking is not the same in the dark, buddy. <laughs> Apples to oranges, my friend. Apples <laughs> to oranges. Yo, dick got shell shock. Apples to oranges kind of just reinforced Aaron's statement, didn't it? <laughs> People say potato, some people say potato. <laughs> and you say, give me that turtle love. And some and people say, hello, and that's what Kyle says. And I say, warm that potato up, because I'm going to fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> At what point, Kyle, do you want me to edit all of this out? <laughs> I don't give a shit. Fuck it. I don't care. Yeah, apparently fucking, fucking is what you're doing with the fucking vegetation, so no. Oh, is Kyle, wait a minute. Is Kyle fucking mashed potatoes? <laughs> you know, oh, that just made me think of that Beastie Boys album. If, if I, I knew a, this was that kind of party, party I'd have fuck, put my dick in the mashed potatoes a long time ago. <laughs> you know how that joke goes, bro? I found the original joke. What? I'll you found the original me. joke? Yeah, and I'll send it to you. It's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> it's fantastic. Is that licensed to ill that that's on? Yeah, but that the j- joke. The joke. Have you guys ever heard that before? Hell yeah. Love me some Beastie Boys. I'm licensed to ill in between two tracks. There's just a little yeah. musical segment, and then there's a guy at the end of the musical segment. Potatoes a long time ago. The guy goes, "If I knew it was that kind of party, I'd have stuck my dick in the mashed potatoes a long time ago." I think it's licensed to ill, and Chris has this disgusted look on his face since we began this potato debacle. Thank you, Kyle. He's like, "I have mashed potatoes, and I have dick." What are you going to do? Not get some? I mean, don't be a fucking fruit about it. God. I mean, what the hell, man? God. We're signing off. <laughs> We're signing the fuck off. 